well, you need to have a mask on. You're listening to the only podcast in the universe where clothing is optional, but pot is not. Broadcasting from FEMA Region 7, it's Bowl After Bowl with your hosts, Lorian and Spencer. They have some of the most soothing voices I've ever heard podcasting. Take you a nap! I think it's jealousy. This is America, you dumb son of a bitch, okay? I like fresh air, motherfucker. You can't. That's right, you can't. Unless you do. Then of course you can. We can and do here in the bowl. That's right, welcome back bowlers to another Token Tuesday. Happy Token Tuesday with episode 107 of Bowl After Bowl. That's right. October 5th, 2021. And uh, I'm Sir Spencer Wolf Kansas City. And I'm Dame DeLorean. And... No wolf cub. No, the wolf cub is fast asleep. He's in snoozing. His crib. He's snoozing out. Yeah. Snoozing out hard, man. Last week he was very cranky during bowl after bowl. Yeah. And he's... I blame myself because as we've been spending time at your pop's new place, the wolf cub has been falling asleep around seven o'clock. And when he falls asleep, I just put him down in the little pack and play we got up there. And he sleeps all through the night. And then he wakes up around like 8 in the morning, 9 in the morning. You know, a good 12 to 14 hours. Uh, but last Tuesday we were home, and I'm just a creature of habit, so I carried him down to the bowl with me for the show, and he was not happy. No. And it was a tough bowl. It was <laughs> him and I, we weren't, uh, you know, he just didn't rest. He, he was vibing. restless. Yeah. He was grouchy. And so this week, I just let him fall asleep at 7 o'clock and put him down and didn't bring him to the bowl. And I'm accepting it. He's just ready to sleep. Yeah. All I mean, through the night by himself now. We trained him up all nice on uh, sleeping, at the, sleeping at a certain time, and now he's out. Yes. Out like a light. Two months earlier than I expected. Yeah. But it's awesome. Had a schedule. Makes it easier. Makes life a little easier. Yeah, he's the first of our three to sleep train himself. Yep. So that's nice. Yeah, he's pretty, uh, pretty easy kid. Yeah, we're lucky. All of our kids have been pretty easy. But uh, you know what else was easy? What was easy? Getting our little road set up. Oh, yeah. Set up, kind of. That hurt a lot uh, less than I thought it would. Yes. So next week, we're well, this weekend, we're taking a road trip up to Massachusetts to visit my side of the family so that they can meet the wolf cub. Well, my great-grandma specifically. His great-great-grandma. It's so exciting. But um, we don't, you know, we talked about doing a pre-recorded show next week. Right. But we just have so much fun in the bowl. I don't want to do a pre-recorded show. And it's my birthday. Right, it's going to be your birthday. How could I miss a live bowl after bowl on my birthday? Yeah, that would just be silly. You can't. You can't. You just can't. So we got a nice little uh, you can't road computer. Hopefully, I guess we did, we haven't really run an official test with it, but a test will be incoming. We'll be hopping on the stream, checking it out, seeing how it works and yeah, whatever. Yeah, I'm gonna test it up tomorrow. Okay, cool. Make sure everything works. Make sure I got my stream configurations good. All of that stuff because I wouldn't want to jump over on the live and 
not have it happen. Right. And I figure once we get up there, too, we'll set it up and just have it ready to go. Maybe do a test stream before the Tuesday appearance. See how it goes. See how it goes. We don't have to take probably that much equipment with me. Um, Ideally, I could do it with just the Motu, but I might bring the Behringer board. I'm not sure yet. Not sure yet. Still playing with that aspect of it. Yeah. uh, Hey, man, we'll, we'll know more as it goes on. Time goes on. Time goes on. Hey, Cotton Gin, I'm uh, South Shore. I recognize that area code. That is my area code. (laughs) Nice. Of course, I'm talking to Cotton Gin in the chat. Right, You can get there. You can join it. Click on uh, Listen Live on BullAfterBull.com. It's got all kinds of links. Um, Link to the live stream, which uh, thank you to NoDebit for setting that up and keeping us rolling on the live stream. Also hear us at the No Agenda live stream, NoAgendaStream.com. Thanks to Sarah Bimrose for hooking that up. And uh, got a lot of other people to thank. The one link that doesn't work right now on Listen Live, or well, I mean it works, but it's not going to show you anything, is the OnlyFans link to a live stream. Uh, we haven't been live streaming there for quite some time, and we're just we're just waiting. There's there's live in the works rolling out on Pod 2.0, and once that rolls out, we want to try and roll out with it. So we're gonna keep an eye on that. So there's still fun stuff over there to enjoy, but. Uh, as far as the live, we're waiting. We're waiting on a value for value situation, and we're just sort of in hiatus uh, on all of that, all that content for the moment. Uh, but you know who's not in hiatus? All our wonderful producers. Woo! Uh, so we want to always thank them at the very beginning. This is a value for value podcast, and what that means is we don't take no ads, we don't have no sponsors, and that leaves us free to say what we want, to think what we want, to do what we want with the show, and. It also leaves you free to add your voice, to take a piece of it, to take ownership of it, and really be a producer of the show and make it what you want and contribute your time, talent, or treasure to the project. And we always want to recognize those people right up front. Because once you get too far behind the curtain, you know, maybe you forget, maybe it all goes goofy, and uh, that's not what we want, you know? So there are many ways to support the show. You can find that on the donation page at bullafterbull.com, which... I know, I know I've been saying that, but uh, for Christmas this year, what I want is a redo of the website to have all of the new stuff linked um, because there's a lot of exciting stuff that we are buddying up with as the podcasting 2.0 uh, namespace expands and uh, takes on extra features. And uh, we want that to be reflected on the website and have a little explanation of that and all that good stuff. Easy links for apps where you can stream sats to the show. And what the hell do I mean by that? Well, sats are satoshis. They're little slivers of Bitcoin. It's like the smallest piece of Bitcoin you can send to somebody. It's a hundred millionth of a Bitcoin is a satoshi. So there's a hundred million satoshis in one Bitcoin. And uh, you can send us any amount of that um, with a lot of apps that you can find over at newpodcastapps.com. All of the ones that are tagged value will work. And uh, we've been using CurioCaster the most i've uh, been trying out fountain hitting some roadblocks uh, just little things fountain fountain i will say about this about fountain it's really not set up for like a urban redneck guy like me who's not necessarily just on his phone all the time not checking his email constantly um i got kicked out of the fountain app because i got a new phone and so i'm trying to log in for my new phone right i'm trying oh. to transfer all the stupid apps over to this new phone and you got to redo pretty much everything like when you load it on a new phone 
you're opening up the app for the first time, it thinks. And so, you know, I've got different passwords for all my accounts and uh, different variations of passwords for all my accounts. And so I'm kind of plugging in like, oh, which variation did I use in this one? And the second wrong password attempt, it just locked me out. Oh. It said, oh, we're blocking everything from this device because of two, because of two wrong attempts, two wrong attempts. I'm going to, I'm like, I'm like a slight old man in, in terms of account management and the password stuff. And so two wrong attempts. He kicks me a uh, password reset link, but I didn't see that because I was already on the road on the motorcycle driving home. By the time I look at my email, the password reset link is long expired. Uh. I was like, dude. The thing expired. I know you're trying to help me out, but uh, can't get in. I don't know like, what the expire window is on it. And so then, you know, I sent that at night. So the next day in the morning, he sends me uh, another reset link. I didn't see that until like eight hours after he sent oh, it. And so no. again, it's expired. It still logs out. So, you know, womp, there, just, there needs to be some kind of a security setup for uh, redneck idiots <laughs> like myself. <laughs> Who, uh, you know, aren't necessarily just like waiting by the email to get this email because it's not like I'm like, oh god, I gotta get into fountain, I gotta get into fountain, I gotta get into fountain, you know, like <laughs> it's gonna be, you know, uh, the harder you make it for me to get in there, the less likely the chance that I'm gonna get in there is. That's all I'm saying. So <laughs> that's, that's all. That's about fountain, you know. I I tried to send a boostergram to the podcast 2.0 guys through fountain i don't know if they got it because mm. i didn't hear it on the show but uh boostagram trying to do boostagrams if you're sending bull after bull boostagrams uh we are going to try to be reading those next week uh, i'm gonna lean in on that this week and see if we can get those read on next week's show cool. try to go all back to the beginning so boostagrams uh you can do those via CurioCaster, via breeze via a lot of different uh i don't know just pod friend there's a lot of different stuff i haven't even looked in the past couple of weeks, and I know there's a couple new apps on there that I just need to check out. I haven't tried yet. I haven't loaded up yet. I try to, you know, play with them all just so I can at least see the interface and try it out and give some feedback or whatever. I try to be, try to be in it, try to keep up to date. But there's just so much going on, and I'm really uh, excited about the live. That's the thing that's supposedly rolling out next, or at least one of the next things. Very soon is going to be the live tag. Will you be able to listen? to the live show and stream sats and boost in real time if you so choose uh which will be just another cool aspect of Sweet. the show um as far as sats we're talking about all the streaming sats and in the last week we got almost 50,000 cool almost 50k sats which is up from the last couple weeks so we definitely appreciate that um also, I'm happy to announce that uh, Booberry's node is up and running and fully synced to the blockchain. Yay, boobs! And uh, now we just got to help him open some channels up. So if you're interested in providing inbound liquidity to my man Booberry, uh, send us a message. Um, I think he's got it behind the schemes at protonmail.com with threes for ease. But you can also send it to Spencer at bullafterbull.com and I'll hook you up. With boobs, we just need. He's got no channels as of right this second. So tomorrow we're gonna start opening some channels, and if we get some channels open to him, make his life easier. Um, I'm also trying to do. I'm gonna try and do our first like circle. So as many people as are interested or able, I think we're going to aim for half a million sats if we can. Uh, I think I can pull that together to get a, a ring going, and. Um, Basically, if you, if you join us in this ring and you have a half million sats to play with, you 
you're going to end up after the whole thing's done with two channels perfectly balanced that are each worth a half a million sats. So you can get two channels for the price of one if you're running a node and uh, if you hit me up in the next couple days. Uh, hopefully hopefully that's when it's going down. Um, I think that's all of my lightning stuff. Oh, I had one more lightning thing, which was... Uh, I talked about Lightning Crush on the last show, which is uh, only on Android right now, but it's a great way to stack sats real quick. And God, like maybe 30 hours after I talked about it on the show, the game had run out of sats. I was playing like late last night, and he finally put more sats in. And uh, wouldn't you know it, woke up this morning, game's out of sats again. So it's intermittent. You want to keep an eye on it. Um, if the game's out of sats, just stop playing for a while. Check it later. He does put it in there every once in a while. But, as you can imagine, uh, once those sats get put in there, everybody's really eager to win them again. So they start playing again, and it drains pretty quickly. So um, that's all I had for that. We do have a... Uh, um, by the way, we, we want to thank all our sat streamers as producers. You really help us out. Uh, if you ever want credit for that, um, Boostagrams are on the way, but you can always send an email to spencer at bullafterbull.com. Or Lorian at bullafterbull.com. And uh, just tell us, you know what you're boosting and what it's about and all that, if you would like credit. Uh, but it's also a great way to stay anonymous and stream value, so either way. But we did get an executive producer this show, and I'm so prepared. i got to pull, uh, pull the note up here. Pulling um, up the note. Woo. But the donation was for twenty four twenty. Ooh. And that's from our buddy Laren. Oh, Laren, yeah. So Laren is back. Good to see you Thank back, you. brother. Thank you. And uh, let me take a look at this note. It's loading right now, I promise. He says, I need to be ashed, or whatever the equivalent of a dedouching is. It's been too long since my last donation. Twist him up, light him up. Peace, Laren. Thank you, Laren. And uh, I think I think mooched Yeah, you've been demooched. Yes, demooched. And, uh, of course, we've got you a... Uh, Thank you for the value for value. Thank you for the value for value. Streaming value for value. Streaming value for value is an option. That's what we do. And uh, we push it so hard. The bowl after bowl guys are pushing the value for value so hard. So hard. So hard. So hard. Absolutely. Uh, and the rest of you, uh, just want to remind you the first rule. First rule of being a smoker is it's bad manners to keep bumming all the damn time. Uh, so, Lorian's birthday is next week. And uh, you can get her something. You can get her something, go to bullafterbull.com. Or uh, do a little boost to Rooney on the Podcasting 2.0. And uh, as always, we also take user content, which is another way to contribute to the bull. Um, one thing that we do is we have a voicemail line. And you can call in. We always have a prompt, a topic. The first time I ever did a thing, and the thing changes every week. So this week it's the first time I ever hit on someone. If you've got a nice story... Uh, about the first time that you ever hit on someone, all you gotta do is pick up your phone and call 816-607-3663 and the play of wars will That's right, 816-607-DOOF. We'll get you in there, and you can even text stuff uh, to the text line if you happen to be voice shy, and we can read your text. That's right. We uh, can. Some bowlers are even texting us just during the week just to, you know, check in, say hello, give us some shit. Uh, Phoenix checked in over the weekend because I guess uh, 
Tennessee put an ass whooping on uh, Mizzou, and uh, I had no idea until I got the text. So, you know, sometimes you keep me informed of the things going on around in the world. So, uh, appreciate that. Serves them right after putting that robot on the little dance team. Oh my god! So yeah, gross. they had the they had the Boston Dynamics dog drone robot thing dancing for halftime with the cheerleaders. Oof, creepy! I know. We just saw that when we were shopping at uh, the Micro Center. Yeah, Micro Center. For our road computer. Getting our getting a little mobile rig. Uh, yeah. Mobile rig. Then we're ready for the bowl after bowl equivalent of the Hot Pocket tour. Yeah, the hot boxing tour. Hot boxing tour, <laughs> yes. Hot boxing tour win. Uh, someday, someday, maybe. Well, I did already uh, buy myself a little birthday uh, funsy thingy. That's right. And uh, it's an it's an automaton. 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 It looks like a musical note, and it sings. <laughs> It's got like a slide on it that you can just like slide your finger up and down like this little synthy instrument. It's got a little smiley face. So you squeeze its cheeks and then it waws for the the note. So it's like you play it and wah. And if you shake the stem of it, you can add vibrato. It's uh, it's very interesting. It got me because it was so damn cute. Yeah, it was. It's pretty great. I saw it and I was like, I want that. Spencer was like, okay. <laughs> and now we have it and uh it's been a joy to share with my four-year-old the two-year-old spence yeah that's what's great is there's no like right or wrong way necessarily to play it you can kind of goof around on it and the kids like can do it and i was jamming in the pre-show mm-hmm. off mic though because it, it can be a little cringy this thing uh it sounds best when you're doing like the higher operatic tones in my opinion it gets a very full voice sounds almost human sometimes <laughs> the, the way the mouth thing can move is kind of funny but yeah that's been fun it's, it's been silly a, and fun been a nice one that's the way we like it in the bowl no S- doubt silly and fun um oh i guess i did have a couple more notes about uh lightning world stuff because i'm sort of trying to get fletcher and carolyn up and running with nodes and really the beauty of if you have a duo podcast is you can easily get by with one node at the beginning in a perfect world and i really think like on a long term scale of this thing going on that we're all playing with it's going to just be easier in the long run to have everybody has a node and like the node is attached to you the person and that will help with you know if you're on a guest spot on some other show and somebody wants to put your node in the episode uh, level of the of the uh, value tag, that'll be easy and fair, and you won't have to like worry about okay, well we're splitting this one from this show this way, and I, actually that was me and not you or whatever. You won't have to worry about it. You just have your own node, and everything will route automatically. But having a node is gonna be your key to participating in this whole value send key send thing uh, with full autonomy. Right, with full control over you actually receiving the value to a node that you control with your private keys and all that good stuff. Um, there's other services that you can, you know, pay somebody a fraction to be able to withdraw every once in a while into your own wallet, uh, which is the easy way to go, but it's not that much harder to just run your own node. 
um, there's a little bit more upfront cost, I will say. But even if you have an old laptop that you're not using, there's ways that you can run a node on an old laptop you're not using. So it's kind of funny because I've been talking to several non-coiners over the past week and, and trying to onboard some more people and going over how to talk about this shit again because it's so impossible. It's so tough to really dial down, like, what do I compare it to? None of the metaphors are really good. Um, it's just so hard. So that's why we kind of settled early on on this whole notion of just get in the car and drive it. Hop in, go from point A to point B, and uh, then you're going to start to understand what all this nonsense is I'm spouting. Uh, there was some toot, and someone made a great meme in response, where I just, like, fired off non-sequitur or something about on-chain, off-chain, cocaine, shit stain, uh, rants that I go on, right? Like, we're, it's like, nobody really, <laughs> I feel like a big chunk of the audience is no fucking clue, uh, what I'm talking about, and I, you know, I don't even fully understand what I'm talking about sometimes when I go to certain places, or when I'm playing with, like, new stuff, like, a lot of this is new to me, too, so, in order to, like, help people and learn, I just kind of, it occurred to me that you need to have that point B, you know, you need to, if you're going to get in the car and drive, you need to have a place that you're going. Uh, and all these podcasters, you know, it, it was like Fletch, every time that I talked to him about just trying it out, trying something out, and, you know, a lot of my other buddies, too, that I'm trying to uh, get into coin, they're always, they always start with the same question, what wallet should I use? And um, it's sort of like, uh, I don't know, like, go and look at wallets and pick one. The... The thing about a wallet is it's it's sort of like, what what model car should I drive? Okay, I'm going to get in the car and learn to drive. What model car should I drive? I don't know, man. Like, uh, look around and grab one. Like, what looks sexy to you? What stands out to you? Um, there's a lot out there. If you're a podcaster and you have an iPhone and it's running the modern iPhone, I would say get Breeze and then play with Lightning. Um, and then I realized, you know, with the different things people hear, with Breeze, there's, like, this expectation of, like, oh, yeah, okay, well, what's my 12 words? Or, like, what's my seed phrase? I've been hearing all this stuff about a seed phrase that I need to know. Um, so Breeze is what's called a custodial wallet. What custodial means is there's a custodian over that wallet. That means Breeze controls your private keys. That means that you're using that wallet, and you have SATs, and you have the ability to load them, and you have sole discretion of spending them, but you don't have a seed phrase. You don't have uh, private keys to that. Because Breeze controls all of that. And so there is a um, there's a level of trust that you have to pass to Breeze saying, you know what, I'm going to keep some sats in this wallet so that I can stream to podcasters that I listen to. And it's easy to do because it's right there in the Breeze app. I can boost a gram from the Breeze app. I can boost from the Breeze app. I can do all of that stuff. Uh, as well as a lot of other fun lightning stuff that you can play around with. But, you know, our focus is kind of the podcast angle of it. Breeze has a sexy UI to do it in. And so, you know, it's a great place to start. Uh, I had Fletch download that, and I sent him 20,000 sats, and I was like, here you go, like play, play around in some shows and uh, throw it around. So I imagine that out of that uh, roughly 50K sats, he's probably some of that uh, playing around. There's a lot of other apps that you could choose too, though. New, newpodcastapps.com. You're going to look at all the ones with the value tag. All of those apps that you can stream sats to you're able to stream sats to because they include a wallet. And so uh, when you're talking, what wallet do I use? If you want a lightning wallet 
and you're already going to be streaming to podcast uh, podcasts that you listen to, that's where I would start first off is getting one of those. Pod Friends, another example. CurioCaster is a web-based uh, app that you can use on anything. So with Carolyn, I tried to do the same thing, and that's when I really realized none of this is going to be a one-size-fits-all. I'm not going to be able to write up a document that says, download this, do this, do this, because everybody's running different operating systems, different phones, different uh, uh, versions. All of this stuff is different. So Carolyn's on an older iPhone doesn't have the new iOS, won't run Breeze, right? It's too old to run Breeze. And so for her, I was like, oh, good CurioCaster. And I sent her some sets to play with as well. Um, it's in, in this sense, it's sort of like when people ask you, what exercise program should I do? Like, what's the best diet to do? Uh, the one that you're going to actually do, the one that you're going to use, the one that you start using and it makes sense to you and you actually enjoy it, or at least don't hate it, you know, you're still going to do it. Um, we're still on the bleeding edge of this stuff. It's still new. So in my experience, I have not had a single app that I tried where everything worked right, right from the jump, and I had zero problems. There's no such app like that. They're all going to have some sort of a weirdness or a hiccup or you did something wrong because you're still learning the app. That's that's part of it. That's part of learning something new. Um, but when you're playing with Satoshis, you're playing with these little fractions of a cent right now. Uh, in value. And so you always just want to play with enough to where if you jack it up, it's, you know, it's not that big of a deal. Um, as far as nodes go, I have used myself Voltage and I have used Raspy Blitz. I love Raspy Blitz. It's what I will always recommend, raspyblitz.org. That is a way where you can run a node yourself on an open source software uh, and you have total control over the whole thing. It's running in your house on your equipment, and uh, it's solid. It's easy to use and install. A lot of it, uh, the default security is, is really nice. Runs behind Tor by default. Um, a lot of people are like, oh, I'm just going to use this streaming service and let them take a piece, and I'll just use a wallet because that's going to be simpler or easier. Um, using a service like that isn't necessarily a super easy walk in the park either. There's still going to be hiccups. Uh, for instance, if you use satoshis.stream, you're still going to have to get a Telegram. You're going to have to use a Telegram bot. You're going to have to uh, still be pasting uh, invoices and that kind of thing. You're still going to have to learn a lot of the nuts and bolts about Lightning and Bitcoin and how all this stuff works. So I would say for just a little bit extra effort, you can have total control over your whole coin. And that's why I always push the node thing so hard. I always say, you know, if you're a podcaster, you should be running your own full node. And... uh there's one I haven't tried. It's called Umbral. seems to be the most popular of people uh, that I'm talking to in Sphinx, that I've met in Sphinx chat. Uh, by the way, Sphinx.chat, that's another solution. Um, it's kind of a weird one, too, because um, some people I've onboarded to Sphinx because that was the first thing that we connected. That was the first thing that we streamed our show to for sats. And uh, you can have your own Sphinx light node, which is kind of a confusing thing. So it's like uh, you have a node, but it's really their node. It's like a their Uncle Jim and you onto their system. Um, that can be confusing as well. If you have a Raspy Blitz or if you run an Umbral node or um, really it works on any of your nodes, um, you can install Sphinx onto your node and then the quote-unquote user for Sphinx, that's associated with its own node. 
it's that's the best way and the cleanest way and the easiest way to do it um but yeah i'm really excited about this new stuff i know that it's a lot to bite off and chew um and then people want to kind of start small uh i really i just reiterate that full node that's where the starting block is and then from there everything else is possible your full node is your all-terrain vehicle really it can go anywhere and do anything it is a wallet it contains a wallet so actually it, you can spin up multiple wallets off of your own node so the whole uh what wallet should i use or i need a really secure wallet if you're running your own full node that right now is really the most secure wallet that you can run i also i talked a little bit with this about abel kirby on uh the last Ablecraft, and i've just kind of been trying to th figure out a way to like approach it because i'm not a security expert by any means but um adam curry always talks about his 12 words and how you know there's like key to freedom and uh then he says he practices them every month and basically what he's talking about is he's memorized his seed phrase so i i a lot of people have a bunch of different opinions about it um some people just hate the seed phrase altogether and want some better way of restoring a wallet uh, I like a seed phrase because it's human readable, but basically what a seed phrase is, is it's a representation in 12 words at its simplest. Uh, you can get a longer seed phrase uh, for even more security, but uh, it basically directly translates to your private keys. And so if you have, let's just say you have a seed phrase from a Bitcoin wallet, right? And for some reason you lost the computer that it was on, um, it's no longer accessible to you, uh, your Bitcoin aren't stored in that app. They aren't stored on that computer. All the Bitcoin that exists are stored on the blockchain, which every node in the world has a copy of, right? So your Bitcoin are technically everywhere. What allows you to move and spend that Bitcoin is your private keys. And that seed phrase translates to your private keys. So you can spin up a new wallet in something like Electrum or uh, many different uh, Bitcoin applications. Uh, that generate wallets. You can restore one from a seed phrase. That's basically what it is. You point, you punch in your private keys. It loads up that wallet because it, it knows where it is because everybody knows where it is. And then, you know, you just entered the private keys. So you now have the authority to spend that coin. Uh, the issue that I have, I think that memorization, I want to say, and I wasn't really clear about this last time when I talked to Abel. I want to say, I think memorizing your seed phrase is bulletproof in that you always have it with you, but it can't be stolen from you, right? Like, I mean, sure, I mean, somebody maybe could, like, torture it out of you, right? We're talking about, like, crazy scenarios here, but uh, in all reasonable scenarios, if you, have your, if you have your seed phrase memorized, and then it's yours, and no one can take it from you. The, the, the caution I would put out there is uh, this notion of practicing it every month and the first time Adam talked about it, he said he was practiced by, you know, restoring it and it worked and it was all there, which for anybody who hasn't restored a wallet from seed, it is a beautiful thing and a cool thing um, to, to see it when it comes back online and it's all there still. However, I would recommend personally from my own experience and from having been burned myself directly uh, that if you restore a wallet from a seed phrase, you should treat that wallet as a hot wallet and you should transfer that coin into a new wallet with a new seed phrase that hasn't been typed into the internet before. Uh, and the reason for that is I myself have lost everything out of one wallet that I restored from seed. And I think um, 
I'm not exactly sure. There's a couple of different things that could have gone wrong. I could have had a bad version of Electrum. I could have had a keylogger watching me. I could have had, and it was on an older laptop that uh, everything was out of date. Everything was, you know, way out of date. I'm talking like five years out of date. So that means it didn't have any virus software. It didn't have up-to-date internet, uh, all of that, all that stuff. No firewall protection. So it could have been a lot of different things. And that's why I don't want to, like, people ask me, oh, should I not use Electrum, you know, when I, when I talk about this? And it's not Electrum's fault. It's my own dumbass fault for, A, using a computer like that in the first place to play with Bitcoin, B, restoring my wallet from Seed, and then not immediately transferring it to one that I knew was safe. So memorize your Seed phrase. That's a great way to protect yourself. But uh, a lot of the guys, when they talk about that, like... Uh, they make fun of dudes who write it down on a piece of paper and have it in a safe deposit spot or something like that, or like they have it in a safe in their house. But writing it down with a pencil on a piece of paper, it can't be seen or spoofed, you know? Like, that really is actually a safe way to do it uh, in a security sense. Now, I also will tell you the biggest security risk possible is being born and being alive. There's no greater security risk than that. And there's no real way to be airtight. It's like, uh, you got to think, how safe is my car? How safe is my health? How safe is my life? How safe is my house? Uh, how safe is it for me to, you know, get on the highway and go 45 minutes north? You know, none of that's airtight, but we can relatively make it safe because of a few precautions we take. And so that's kind of what I try to do. And I just wanted to say... I think that typing that seed phrase, that's that's your private keys, essentially. So typing those into a machine, it's not like it's the end of the world, but it does get exponentially more risky every time you do it. So doing it regularly seems um, like poor practice. And it also, um, it just exposes you when, a, a better way to practice would be to practice with, like I could practice with you, Lori, and I could say, here, you hold this paper with my phrase on it and I'll read you the words and you say, yeah, or whatever. You know, right. that's a great way to do it. Uh, and then you can also get ultra paranoid about that. Like, are you in a, are you in a little Faraday room? Is your phone with you? Like, is somebody listening in? Is it bugged? If you want to play that game, you can play it forever and you can deep dive forever. But I just wanted to say that the reason I talked about it on Ablecraft was because it directly gave me shivers because I've, I've lost coin myself that way. So that is all my, uh, lightning notes. I pro uh, promise, promise. Okay. <laughs> And I'm no security expert, obviously. Well, here I am. My experience was uh, deleting my Sphinx app prematurely last week and then panicking and having to basically create a new user on that. That's another thing. That's that, all that I've got. <laughs> that's another thing I'll say. I've wrecked shit pretty bad. And in almost every case, you know, there is an answer and there's a solution and there's a way to fix it. Just like the Sphinx thing, you know. Yeah. Um. There's an easy way, but then if you mess up the easy way, there's like a more difficult way that still works. Just for the future, though, if you're if you're transferring Sphinx from I don't know, say your <laughs> desktop to your uh, phone, or if you're switching phones, or if you're deleting one version to download another version, always export the keys from the app that you're running first before deleting the app. Yeah, I'm just glad you were sitting right next to me, so I would say, oh, oh, wait a minute, what happened? Why uh, am I not recognized? How, why do I need a QR code again? What's going on? And can I explain what happened? Great, no. Great fun. But, uh, you know, did a little typing and <laughs> figured it out. Yeah. Great fun. The best part of it is there's a big-ass community where 
not no one single person of us has all the answers um but collectively we can figure out just about anything in my experience so that's what's beautiful about it like just plugged in on you know whether it's the raspy blitz telegram or the podcast 2.0 telegram group or emailing people that you know uh the github for podcasting 2.0 or for raspy blitz uh, if you open up an issue that you have, the response uh, from this community of just part-time developers and, and hobbyist Bitcoiners is crazy awesome. That's very cool. Everybody just has the motivation to help everyone else because the stronger node operators are out there, the better the more sa- and the more safe and preserved the network itself is. So that's where everybody's motivation is, you know. That's nice. It's nice helping everyone. Abundance mentality. That's right. That's right. A seat at the table for everyone. Room for all. Um, I have a clip I'd like to start with, if that's all right. Oh yeah, absolutely. Okay. We have been looking forward to this. A GMA exclusive, one of the biggest winners in Jeopardy history. On Friday, Matamodio won his 33rd consecutive game, moving him into second place on the all-time list behind only Ken Jennings. Wow. 33 consecutive wins on jeopardy 33 wins in a row i about peed my pants when i heard that that's the that's the magic number to uh launch the story right it is it is yeah this guy matt modio originally from cleveland moved to new haven uh had a little interview where he talked about why he loves new england so much which i giggled about (laughs) but he talked about his favorite part is being Able to be in the city and also so close to nature at the same time. And for me, I feel like I like being very far away from the city whenever possible. Yeah. But also being able to drive maybe an hour to two hours into the city if I'd like to do some city shit, which what's, is not often for me. What's kind of cool about Kansas City that I never really appreciated until I traveled a lot of other places in college was our city is like in a forest pretty much you know yeah like you drive around and of course there's like the asphalt jungle of downtown but uh you go not too far in any direction and even on the highways it's like forests on both sides of you it's true there's a lot of trees here like our neighborhood and i live in the urban core uh people people in the burbs consider where i live the inner city even though i would argue "Mm, it's like the southeast corner of the city but it's still in a forest. We live in a forest. Yes. I mean, I get white-tailed deer daily on my street, it's jumping true. around. Bunnies. All of the, uh, you know, all of the uh, forest creatures. I'm not talking about like the regular city. You know, everyone gets raccoons and squirrels and uh, possums and other animals that love to eat trash. But I'm talking about like big-ass bucks just yeah. walking down the street with their whole family. Yeah. Doe and little baby fawn. It's uh. It's nice. It's like uh, Forest City. Forest City. We live on a quiet street, too, which is wonderful, and have some empty lots all around in this little section of the city. So, yeah. Uh, Matt Amodio, he hit a million dollars on our 10th anniversary, September 24th. Uh, But, of course, he has a long way to go to catch up to Ken Jennings because Jennings won over 70 games consecutively. Right, so. and Ken Jennings also had his little, like, algorithm strategy just, like, for milking the prize money every win, too. Yes. Uh, this guy has a strategy, too, 
going for big money questions early so yep. that he can control the board, find the daily doubles, and then bet it all. Yep. Sometimes lose it all. But if you uh, double your money, then that's awesome. He's managed to come back, though, from losing it all every time. But uh, I yeah, guess... That was, that was the strategy that Ken first really popularized. They've had so many different hosts since uh, Trebek died. It just really? keeps hopping around. But Jennings is going to be the host in November. That seems appropriate. So if Matt Amodio is still on his winning streak, I think that'll be fun and interesting. Ken Jennings slightly reminds me of, uh, what's the guy on Reno 911? Oh, uh, Dangle? Yeah, Lieutenant, Lieutenant Dangle. Dangle. Uh, uh, Tom Lennon. Tom Lennon, yeah. Thomas, Thomas Lennon. Lennon. <laughs> yeah, I can see that. Ken Jennings kind of looks like Thomas Lennon a little bit to me. Always reminds me of that guy. Yeah, yeah, I get that. I can see that. So, oh, the magic number popped up in this story this week. And I don't know if you got my crossing the stream isos that i sent you oh yeah i think so well, i'm about to cross the stream okay so 33 new york state senators criticize the outrageous iatsi work conditions and asked studios to negotiate in good faith now iatsi is the international alliance of theatrical stage employees uh which covers theater and film and has been extensively discussed in a deep dive on episode 64 of Behind the Schemes with Booberry and Lavish. I will have a link to that show in the show notes, and you can check out Behind the Schemes every Monday at 9 p.m. Central. Uh, so I'm not going to pretend to be an expert on this subject. Can I interrupt but- you for a half second just to say... Uh, I heard them drop an ISO view last night that I hadn't heard... Um, or I feel like I had heard it, but I just didn't pay attention or it didn't hit me right. Yeah. There's just, as uh, they have an ice of you just being like, that's a nasty scheme or something like that. <laughs> it's oh, so that's great. awesome. It's so great. So I heard it and I was just like, thanks so much. Thanks so much, my little selkie ISO. Yeah, you sent me a bunch of ISOs hero. today. Yeah, I got to catch up. There's, I have an ISO list, a to-do list, you know? Yeah. And I just got to start busting ass getting the ISOs chopped out and sent over to you where they can uh, magically appear or disappear. Well, don't work too hard, you know. Maybe you need to take a nap because oh, you I... sound miserable. Hey! <laughs> There's no way I sound miserable. I'm having a great goddamn time. Take you a nap! <laughs> Uh, get a grip get a grip you did send me some great ones i'm sorry hey you try saying that (laughs) to uh these uh theater professionals because they had a vote and they are going on strike Uh uh-oh yes they decided that last weekend um but again i'm gonna let booberry handle this because he's the expert so i just thought it was interesting that was the sound of them going on strike yep i sent him a the story i said Ah, fuck, you're going to make me cross the streams. Uh-oh. We'll cross the streams. Play the other one, play the other one. Um. I got it if you don't. That was it. Oh, here. That I got. Cross the streams. <laughs> Beautiful. Cross the streams. Yeah. Wow, indeed. Um, And then, you know, we get stories like this a lot with the magic number, and it's kind of disturbing. 33 animals of any kind is probably 30 too many, uh, Yeah, I would argue. Yeah, well, you know, that's just like uh, 
Your opinion, man. It is. It is. It's just my opinion. It's just my opinion. Yeah, what if you're talking a... about uh, Tetra fish? Okay. All right. Fair enough. But I'm talking about dogs this okay. time. All right. Yeah, that's way too many dogs. I it's way too you. many dogs. Uh, 33 dogs and two chickens were seized from a Florida man who now faces 22 counts of cruelty to animals. Oh, jeez. Why is it 22 instead of 33 counts? I'm not totally sure. But I guess this guy was running an unlicensed animal rescue operation. Oh, man. Yeah. And uh, a concerned citizen sent in an anonymous tip about what was going on. So, you know, the officials show up and they're like, hey, we got to see what's going on here. Hearing about some dogs that might be in distress or whatever. So he told them he had 17 dogs on the property and they saw 14 that were fenced in in a 100 by 80 foot area and noticed that a few of them had minor injuries, but none of them were in distress. Everything looked fine. Uh, But then they were like, oh, where's the other three? And they were in a five by five utility shed, which was closed with no food or water. And there was pee and poop everywhere. Oh, no. And the dogs were just living in it. So that's no good. But if you are quick with the maths. There's still some missing, huh? There's some dogs missing. Crawl space? All of a sudden, they heard barks coming from another area of his property, and they noticed this guy get real nervous. Oh, no. So they were like, are you sure there's no more dogs here? And the guy was like, yeah, I'm sure. There's no more dogs here. And they were like, are you sure, you're sure, you're sure? And he was like, okay, fine, you got me. These are, this is my uh, paraphrasing of the situation, of course. No direct quotes from police reports or anything. Right. But uh, they found 19 dogs living in an office-style building, that's their description, uh, in just squalor. It was a 20-by-6-foot building, and uh, yeah, just no good. No good. So I guess it's those 19 dogs plus the ones that were in the 5-by-5 utility shed, those three, that's where you get the 22 counts of animal cruelty. Uh. And the the 11 other dogs, see now it says, oh yeah, 14 in a fenced-in area, though. I don't know, but... Either way, uh, old boy had a bit off more than he could chew. I think so. He's probably just trying to help, but uh, yeah. It it makes me sad. You know, the road to hell is paved with good intentions. Yeah. This guy might have found that out. He might really. You got to know there's a limit to your space and to your time and to your resources. And uh, there's a point where you're not helping. You're making it worse. You're just making it worse. Just making it worse, man. You know, you got to stop calling the cops, dude. You're acting like a little child, okay? But I bet those doggos will find a good home or, you know, um, rest in heavily, heavenly peace. Maybe. If, uh, if need be. I don't know. Uh, you never know with that. It's like, uh, that guy was trying to help. He fucked it up. Now the state's here to help. Like, And you know how that goes. They, I'm sure they'll do a great job. Yeah, just like they are with the Koof situation, right? Oh, yeah, of course. Right? Because yeah. that's still going on. And the magic number spiked this week oh boy we had 33 coof deaths in chicago imagine that talking about 33 people dying from coughing instead of being shot well chicago has a lot of different ways to kill you that's that's no doubt about that that's for sure then in nevada 33 folks died italy egypt saint vincent and the grenadines and uh the united kingdom <laughs> just wanted to remind uh, everyone that that's still a country <laughs> 33 people died there yes Yes. Oh, jeez. And then there were 33 new cases in Australia, 
Center County, Pennsylvania, Washington County, New York, Indiana, Virginia, and New Zealand. Oof. I've got my eyes on the world with the magic number. I can okay. tell. I can tell, yeah. Um, I think I got 33 uh, pirate bug bites this weekend, oh. bro. They're all so itchy and uh, they're so tiny. I know. You have to put baby oil on and then they will avoid you. I know because it worked for me. No, I'll let you oil me up next time. Yeah, I will. I'll enjoy it too. <laughs> so sometimes people who are 33 years old die from COVID-19 and instead of getting a proper obituary, they get, you know, some fear propaganda write-up about how shoulda, woulda, coulda, usually relating to the jab, and then urging yeah. a people that aren't them or their family to do something. Yeah. And so this past week, a California mother of two died. She was 33 years old. She worked for the Health and Human Services Agency conducting COVID contact investigations. And they did mention she just got a promotion five days before she died. So must have been a good worker. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe that speaks to her character. Sure. Um, Interesting fact. When she was born, her left arm became paralyzed. They associated it with a birth trauma. And I was like, okay, is that, you know, because I'm always keeping my eye open for underlying conditions or what's going on? Why did you die? She was fully vaccinated. She was among the first group to receive the jab back in January because she is an essential worker. Right. Literally conducting these investigations on people that come in contact with folks who've tested positive. Um And everyone in the article said she followed all the precautions, hand sanitizing, wearing masks, you know, doing all the stuff. Um, She tested positive in August, which, of course, taking the test is the first step to getting COVID. We know this. It comes up time and time again. Yeah. So she quarantined. She only had cold symptoms and felt tired. But then suddenly things took a really bad turn. On August 31st, when she started full-out hallucinating, contacted her children's father, who she was separated from, and he ended up calling 911 to get her. She was suffering from organ failure. And as the story goes, I'm not fact-checking or verifying this myself, but they were looking for a specialist to treat her for COVID-related organ failure, I guess, and they tried over 30 hospitals which none of them had a bed available, according to the story. And she had to be picked up by helicopter and flown to a hospital for treatment. Then things get extra freaky with the magic number because her mom says in this write-up that on Friday, September 3rd, she woke up at 3.30 in the morning and just felt terrible and nervous and called the hospital. And the doctor who answered said, if you want to see your daughter, you need to come now. And five hours later, she died. Of course, the whole rest of the article is, oh, it's very weird for someone who's fully vaccinated to die from the vid, and you should get vaccinated because, you know, journalism 2021 in America. Yeah. So. Well, she's dead. And she's dead. 33, mom of two. Whatever's going on, I don't like it. Yeah. This whole thing is very, very spooky. And all I know about her is that she was a good rule follower and what did it do for her nothing yeah i know just a kind of a symbol of the times that we're in i was walking into a uh, retailer over the weekend <clears throat> i won't say the name of the retailer it was the uh, walmart in excelsior springs and right when you walk in 
on the left where they like have the featured items. They're selling a a personal protection pack. Oh. Now, what what do does th- that entail? What, what do you think a personal protection pack has in it? Hand sanitizer, gloves, and a face mask. Hand sanitizer, gloves, and a face mask. That's absolutely right. That's exactly what it has. <laughs> and I couldn't believe I was like, this is just... What's the number? What were they asking for that? I don't really remember. Probably damn cheap. I mean, you, we, we cruise the clearance aisle every time. And uh, always there's gloves and sani because yes. they're, they're overproducing gloves and sani every time. Every time. I mean, they really overdid it this time. Last time. All the times. This whole time. It's been overdone. And now that's pretty much half of the clearance aisles is hand sanitizer or face masks. It's wild. Because nobody's, you know, nobody's buying as much as they're making. They're just over-manufacturing it. And, uh, I don't know. In my world, like, all you need really for personal protection is a gun in your pocket and a mean look on your face. But (laughs) this is... This is the world we're living in now, where uh, your personal protection is boiled down to a fucking plastic gloves, plastic gloves, some alcohol for hands, a little, a little the fucking hand sanitizer that just burns your hands. I already have bad eczema, so my hands get dried out by that sanitizer. It's just rough, man. It kills my skin. I can't do this. Yeah, Andy, and you know, I gotta keep the sandy away from me. I'm not a doctor. I'm not a scientist. Thank God. But I am pro-germ. And I the idea of when it says kills 99% of germs, that kind of freaks me out. I'm like, I think there's some good germs in there, though, that I want to let live, you know? I tell you, man, that's the best thing for my body. That's the best thing for my body. You let some of those germs live. <laughs> They'll protect you. They'll go to work. I don't know, fight off the other germs. That's right. I don't know. I don't know. Anyway. They aren't all bad. You know, they're not all bad. No, nothing is black and white in this world. And wearing those goofy cotton face masks is not going to protect you from anything. Anything at all. Including, but not limited to, my ridicule. (laughs) Oh, that's for sure. Uh, Yeah, yeah. I've made some comments. But again, you're free to do whatever you want to do. Because this is America. That's right. And I believe in true, absolute freedom. This is America, you dumb son of a bitch, okay? Okay. And if I and see I'm you, free to ridicule you. I can, I can say, uh... Ta-ta there, retard! <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, in India, COVID cases rose by 33% in just four weeks. So That's, that's quick. Yeah, they're seeing the spike. Yeah, must must be Delta, <laughs> must be Delta, must be Delta variant. You know how it goes. It's, that's what they keep saying everywhere. Yeah. Like, I remember uh, there was some local news on, I don't remember where we were. Uh, your pop doesn't watch the news, so it must have been out and about somewhere. And this lady was talking about how in Kansas City, uh, cases are going down. But you should still be worried. She literally said that phrase. You should still be worried, though, because of the st- Delta variant. You should and be I, worried. I just laughed. That's the that's the takeaway every time. Uh, it doesn't matter what the number is, where it goes, what's going on. This happened, you should be worried. This happened, you should be vaccinated. This happened, you should do what you're told. As long as you don't watch TV, I think you wouldn't. You know, it doesn't even exist. Right. Basically. Yeah. It's really just the TV, but it seems like it's everywhere. I don't know. 
I know. I, I don't watch I, TV. I feel like every day that I actually go out into the world, I'm always wondering, oh, you know, are they ramping up? Are they calm down? I wonder what the situation is because I don't. I don't. I try not to really. I definitely don't even have. We don't have a TV hooked up. You know, we have like streaming services and mostly like seven proxies that you can navigate and look shit up. But like, I don't have cable. I don't have uh, antenna. I don't have none of that. Oh, uh, I had my first. Well, you need to have a mask on incident the other day when I dropped off some packages at the post office. And it was a post office I haven't been to in over a year, Um, but it was just the one I happened to be near that day. And I walked in and there was one one customer in there and one teller. It's a very small post office. And all I have to do, because they don't have a drop box, is just put my package up on there. It's already got the postage stamps and everything ready to go it's very good to go so i put it up on the counter didn't come within six feet of the teller or the customer just put it up on the counter and said this is good to go and turned to walk away and the guy was like but but you have to have your mask on to come in here and i just turned to him i smiled i winked and i waved and i walked out (laughs) i didn't say anything i was just like oh that's so cute i just got confronted about not having my face covered and now i'm back outside yeah. It's, oh well. Ooh. It was bound to happen eventually. I know that uh, our county did just extend it again, the alleged mask mandate for another thirty days. Well, it's like so, I've been saying, but nowhere else has been enforcing it. Kansas City now is just like Kansas City with the prohibition in the twenties. You know, like okay, the rules are in place, the signs are up. That's fine. We'll put the sign up. That's as far as it goes. It's as far as it goes. If I walk by the sign, I ignore it. Yep, that's fine. Yeah. I don't mind. Then you can people, have your stupid signs. Then people sell me the goods that they exist to sell me. And I buy them because I want them. <laughs> well, my last story for the Koofs and the magic number combined was that 33 employees of the University of Vermont Health Network Hospitals organization have departed due to their vaccine mandate. Uh-huh. Now, they didn't say if they walked out or if they were fired. Um, it's less than one. Or if they died. Or if they died. <laughs> departed is kind of a, a loose it, word. It didn't say dearly departed, uh, uh, yeah. but, you know, it, they also said, oh, if you guys, if they get the jab, they're welcome to come back because they're having such workforce challenges. Oh, that's nice. That's neat. That's cute. And these 33 employees make up less than 1% of that network's workers. And they're still hurt and, like, shocked that it happened, according to this little write-up they did, their little memo. Um, But what surprised me was that there were 83 approved religious exemptions and 12 approved medical exemptions. So I'm just like, man. Some people didn't do their homework. No, it just happened to be 33 of them. Yeah, what's going on here? But this is one of those places that you get your exemption, now you got to get tested weekly. Right. And everyone else gets screened daily. Like yeah. you get the temperature check Fucking and all that silly. shit. No, I don't, I don't do not um, No, no, no. Yeah. We don't do any of that. No. I've only been approached for that once. And it was at the dentist at the very beginning of all this BS when it was still 15 days. Right. 15 days. And I was like, I just happen to have a dentist appointment. I walk in. Back when everything seemed so reasonable. And the lady was yeah. like, can I take your temperature? And I was like, I don't have a fever. I don't need my temperature taken. And she's like, oh, okay. And I didn't have a mask on. Nice. And I got back to the thing, and then the dental technician assistant, she's like, you need to have a mask on. I was like, why? I'm about to open my mouth for you. Like, 
what? And she's just laughing and I'm laughing and she still handed me a stupid mask. I was like, no, <laughs> I'm going to put this in the trash. But anyway, yeah, let's go behind the curtain. Oh, I thought you'd never. There's a trash can back here. We emptied out. Got to get all the trash out of the house on Token Tuesdays because it's trash day. That's right. It is looking a little better back here. Oh, yeah. Cleaned up uh, a little bit, but you know. Got a ways to go, but. <laughs> yeah. You yeah. know. Uh... It's a step in the right direction after all. After all, it's a step in the right direction. It's a step in the right direction after all. It sure is. You finally, finally saw bed knobs and broomsticks this yeah, past weekend. And you didn't like it at all. I, it was okay. <laughs> it was so like magical and uh, nostalgic for me because it was, I don't know, I probably had like 20 VHS tapes as a kid and that was one of them and I loved it. I just love, love, loved it. Yeah, if I had seen it more as a kid, I might like it more. Yeah. I mean, it was okay. I don't say it was like garbage throw it out or nothing, but. Yeah, yeah, it's a musical. I know how you feel about musicals. I like the part where it was like all trippy colors when they're flying around on the bed. Yeah, like, when the bed is transporting them the whole, from one place to the another. the lagoon thing, that's kind of fun. Oh, that's where the knob quote is from. The boy's like, what do you need to do with my knob? And me and you just are cracking up. And the kids, of course, are like, yeah, what do they need with this bed knob? <laughs> oh, Net Ned says it's like Chitty Chitty Bang Bang, oh. you know? That's going to trigger Spence. Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. I actually saw when I was a kid, and I just fucking hated it. I was, like, so offended by it because <laughs> I had already read the book. Having read the book. And uh, having read the book, the book is a badass story by Ian Fleming, and it's, like, got excitement, and it's got gangsters, and it's got action, and it's got Tommy guns, and it's got... Uh, all this stuff going on. It's like high energy, action, awesome. And the fucking dweeble, feeble, tap dancing ass, candy land, motherfucking, oh my God, bro. The, what they did to that book. And, uh, you know, you, you can still like Dick Van Dyke or whatever. That's fine. I don't got anything against Dick Van Dyke. But what they what the writers did to that book just to make it absolutely doof-tastic. From what was a, like a badass action thriller kid story. It was still a kid story, but it was fucking cool. And it wasn't so like, oh man. Oh they man. Just took it, they took it full lollipop guild, bro. And it was just like, it, was, it offended me. Uh, they also made it like five fucking years long. It was very long. There's I've... like an intermission even yes. when you're watching it on, because my grandma showed it to me. And she was like, oh, this will be great. Chitty, chitty, bang, bang, a kid's classic. And you were excited because you read the book already, right? I was like, right? oh, yeah, hell yeah, chitty, chitty, bang, bang, that's a great book. Like, And, like, the only thing that's the same, really, between the book and the movies are, like, the names and that the car flies. And that's it. It's about as mm -hmm. far as it fucking goes. Everything else is just a totally different story. That's too bad. I haven't read the book. I did see the movie once as a kid and was like, never again. It was too long. That was way too long. I don't remember any of it. I just remember it was too long. So that's that's what you that's all you need to know. Yep. That's all you need to know. Yeah. Also, you know, at the beginning with the fifteen days and stuff, we used to I've seen that meme floating around that's like, Oh, back way back when if someone walked into a bank wearing a mask, you know, the security guard would be like, Ah, Red flag, they're gonna they're gonna rob us or something. But now if you try to go into a bank without a mask, you might get like, Ah, you don't care about us, put your mask on. Um 
And it finally happened. It finally happened in our neck of the woods. Oh, yeah. Someone robbed a Bank of America wearing a stupid throwaway paper mask. <laughs> this is America, you dumb son of a bitch, okay? And uh, good luck finding them. Sunglasses, mask pulled up over the nose, clear wig, hat, full body covered. FBI has been called in to investigate this. And, uh, and you know, there was no weapon brandished. It, I'm assuming it's a woman by the stature. Uh, you know, obviously can't say for sure. There's a large coat involved. Um, but the person simply slipped a note to the teller demanding the money and got the money. Put the MF money in the MF bag. Yeah. Outlaw, man. They did it. And wow. that was, I think that ha- it might have happened last token Tuesday. And there's been no updates on that case. The only way they'll be able to track them is if they could like see a car that they got into or something. Or follow enough cameras watching them get away. I don't know. I don't know. Sometimes. Sometimes you just kind of root for the... <laughs> you root for the alleged criminal, you know? You're like, hey, you go, Glen Coco. You did it. You did it. And then there was a nurse here in Kansas City um, that just went to court after being accused of taking fentanyl from two of the area hospitals. She took six vials, allegedly, Mm. from medicine cabinets, but these cabinets require fingerprint access. So everyone knows who's been in and out of them. And as the story goes, she replaced the vials with an alternate liquid so that they looked full but she had taken the fentanyl out i don't know how they discovered it um but i'm expecting a good amount of lawsuits to come out of this because can you imagine being a patient in a hospital in inexplicable pain knee and they're like we're gonna give you fentanyl and then it doesn't do anything for you because it's maybe saline maybe water who knows what they just shot into you as a person who has been in the ER and needed fentanyl with the ectopic pregnancy situation. I will say that allowed me to move my body out of the fetal position, go to the bathroom, and feel like a normal human being again. Right. It was a powerful drug for sure. But yeah, if if they you know said okay, we're gonna give you fentanyl, and then it didn't do anything, and you're not allowed to get it again, you're not. They're not gonna give you other painkillers because they're like, look, we just gave you this. Fentanyl, we can't give you anything else. You know, they they gave me that, and that was it until the surgery happened. You know, they didn't give me Tylenol or anything right. between that and the surgery an hour or two later. I just can't imagine. I feel like, man, there's going to be some upset patients. Bitch, I paid for in. drugs. I didn't get my drugs. Ain't that the worst? Yeah. But anyway, so last Wednesday, the House Judiciary Committee was supposed to talk about the Moore Act. And as it goes, they ended up delaying it until Thursday, or No Agenda Show Day. Um, But they overwhelmingly approved and passed it. I don't think it has a chance. We've talked about the Moore Act a lot here on Bull After Bull. Uh, And I I just, I don't think it has a chance because of what these clips are about to remind you of, which is that Chucky Schumer has drafted a full legalization bill. And... He's actually kind of holding the Safe Banking Act hostage to try and ensure that his bill, even though it hasn't been filed yet, it's just kind of a mock-up of a bill. Uh, He wants to get his way. So Schumer appeared on a podcast 
called Psychoactive this past week. This is Ethan Nadelman's podcast, and he is the founder of DPA, Drug Policy Alliance. And I've got a clip. He, he thought he was going to get 15 minutes with Schumer. And this, this is how the call started off. Hi, Senator Schumer. Hello, Ethan. So listen, I, I know you're busy, only got a few minutes, so I'm just going to jump right in with you, okay? Okay, one sec, one sec. Sure. Yes, Justin, I'm on it. I'm on a, yeah, it, we'll do it in about 10 minutes, okay? Okay, Ethan, we got to get going because I got to be gone by 1130. He just got on the oh podcast. He has a phone call, which I was like, as soon as I heard that phone ringing, I was like, you dick. You told your aide to call you as soon as this thing started so that you could get out of it, didn't right. you? That's my suspicion. No. I was just like, who does that? Who, who plans to be on a podcast and then picks up a phone call at the start of it? You know, doesn't even say like, okay, now we can start or let's try that again. Or all right, 15 minutes like we discussed in our email. No. No. Anyway. A politician keeping a promise. <laughs> I on. know. I know. How naive this man I is am in the Senate. sometimes. I know. I know he put Ross Ulbricht behind bars. I know. I know what I'm dealing with. But here, this is what he had to say regarding the Safe Banking Act. Senators Booker Wyden and I have come to agreement that if we let this bill out, it'll make it much harder and take longer to pass comprehensive reform. We certainly want the provisions similar to the Safe Banking Act in our bill. But to get more moderate people, to get some Republicans, to get the financial services industry behind a comprehensive bill is the way to go. It's the right thing to do is, is comprehensive reform. That's what we believe in. All the pain that's been suffered by so many people for so long will not be alleviated because banks can now do some funding of uh, the growing and processing of marijuana. And so we think that the quickest way to get it all done is do it together. If you let just the banking provisions pass, it'll make it much harder to get more Republicans and more conservatives on the bill. We're trying to create a coalition for comprehensive reform. Yeah. Wow. I just, it's like, if the safe banking passes, and they've come out against it as soon as they had their press conference over his mock bill right. for full legalization, and they came out hard swinging against the Safe Banking Act. It was Cory Booker just saying, like, this is for greedy corporations and banks, and we need to help the people. And I was like, you know what would help people who are already owners and operators of cannabis businesses would be being able to swipe a person's card, not having to hold cash in their shop in a safe, you know, right. maybe a safe, maybe just in their little uh, cash register with a POS system. Not being able to be robbed by petty criminals or the feds with a raid. Exactly. Have all their earnings taken and then get double fucked when it comes to taxes in the Section 280E and the IRS not letting them deduct normal business expenses on and on. Well, that's exactly what the dishonesty centers around. It's like these guys want to pretend like they're for the little man and they're fighting the big banks. The big banks are shutting the little man out and shutting small businesses out of their services because they don't want that, you know, they're pointing to some potential liability they're claiming that they have, uh, you know, being on one side and not the other side of federal law as though they really give two shits about that. There's and a, uh, all this bill would do is give the banking access to the supposed people that are trying to help out. But no, they got to get, he's concerned about getting more Republicans on board and moderates. Yeah, that's, that's. I'm sure. That's his concern. Yeah, I love how he said that. That sounds right. We have to get everyone 
to hold hands in a circle and sing kumbaya, uh-huh. and then it will magically all be fixed. Yeah, that, that my that bill rings. will do everything. That Everything's rings. pretty true. And as we read his draft for this a few shows back now, I mean, this is old news. He uh, he's gonna create five different agencies to have power over federal legalization if this were to pass and become law. Yeah. And that's just an awful idea. Like the ATF would have a C added to it for no, cannabis. It's fucking, you know, it's a and nightmare. then yeah, there's more money going to the DOJ and all the alphabet soups and ah, I don't know, but they are holding the Safe Banking Act hostage. They don't want it. They don't want it to go through. No, of course, no. And uh Of course not. So it probably won't, you know. It's been up like five different times. It's the new green rush and you're as a small business owner, as just a regular person, as the middle class guy who's an entrepreneur, you're not supposed to be a part of it. You're not supposed to be in on that. There's you're a- supposed to be the guy getting hit over the head and thrown in a fucking cage uh, because you happen to think smoking weed is, you know, a fun and relaxing thing to do. That's where you're supposed to be at. You're supposed to be the punished. You're not supposed to benefit from any of this shit. There's only one solution. Crypto for cannabis businesses. Well, you know, I suppose it could be done. I suppose it could be done as well. I like to see it happening. There's probably someone out there already doing that. Yeah, I bet you can do it. Yeah, sounds like a good idea. Um, This also happened this past week. I have another clip. The biggest pot bust in Bay Area history. <laughs> Willie Nelson would be crying at the sight of this. An Alameda County Sheriff's investigator used a gas-powered hedge trimmer to destroy marijuana plants. taking down this alleged elaborate criminal enterprise involving 18 illegal grow sites and millions of dollars in cash. I gotta say something real quick there. <laughs> They're using a chainsaw to cut down these three-foot weed plants <laughs> in this video. Yeah. Total PR stunt. Right. Total, like... Overflex. <laughs> yes, overflex of the cops. It's just gross. Just gross. I couldn't believe that when I saw that. They're like, using a chainsaw. I'm like, I gotta see this video. And the plants are three feet tall. They're up to the guy's knee, sitting on the floor, and he's using a fucking chainsaw. Just ridiculous, that kind of stuff. Those stunts. Anyway, I'll continue. Authorities arrested seven people believed to be the masterminds of this elaborate operation that included sites in Oakland, Castro Valley, and this run-of-the-mill warehouse in San Leandro. Deputies say there will be more arrests to follow. Money laundering, tax evasion, illegal grow operations, just to name a few of the charges. Marijuana is legal under California state law, but Sergeant Ray Kelly says cultivating it to the scale without proper permits and while laundering the profits is not. This is unsanctioned, this is not legal, this, this does not meet the thresholds and guidelines as prescribed by the state of California. These individuals are modern-day bootleggers like you would see in the 1920s. Uh, Al Capone would be proud. He would be a part of something like this. The numbers speak for themselves. Authorities said they found $10 million in cash, 12,000 pounds of finished product with a street value of $42 million. Final count, more than 37 tons of illegal marijuana. They're shortcutting, paying taxes. They're doing money laundering. Uh, and it's pure greed. Authorities say there is an environmental impact to these illegal grows. At a time when California is suffering through a drought, suffering through power outages, these illegal grows are sucking up so much power, so much water, and on top of that, the water that trickles out of here 
typically has fertilizer in it. Seized plants will be burned in the Central Valley. Hmm. I'm going to head to the Central Valley. I'm going to be right back. <laughs> right? Trash bags and trash bags full of uh, yeah, alleged product behind yeah, them. I hear they're burning some seized <laughs> product. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, they're, they're burning it. What did they say? $41 million? 42. $42 million for, for 12,000 plants? That's right. Damn, I did the fucking calculation for $41 million. It's going to be some close. quick math here. Yeah. Uh, about, oh, they did 3500 bucks a pound. Hmm. I doubt they're getting that if they have that many pounds of it. That's all I'm saying. That's all. That's all. That's yeah. All. And uh, he's cringy journalists. If they're not doing a pun, they're name dropping someone. Should have started off with Willie Nelson. I know it's good for SEO. You know, I'm going to steal some clicks from Willie on this article, but I don't think Willie has to worry about uh, that weed. <laughs> yeah, I think Willie will be okay. I think he is uh, self-sustaining. I think he's good to go. He's been pulled off of his own tour bus plenty of times already. Yes. He knows He knows how it works. He knows. He knows. <laughs> he knows a thing or two because he's seen a thing or two. That's right. That's right. But they had uh, they showed the break room in this warehouse, and they had like $1,000 bottles of wine and liqueur and nice. a big old flat screen TV and comfy chairs and couches. It was very clean. I was like, wow. Yeah, it seems like a great... That seems like a great gig. Great gig. <laughs> no taxes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeehaw. Until <laughs> yeah. these cowboys mess it up, man. Make yeah. It no well, good. they got too big, you know? They yeah. had to bring down a giant. Icarus. Maybe. Flying too close to the sun again. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Got to take a swim. Yep. And, you know, they did make a... They've got the seven arrests. They said more are coming, so... Ugh. I just want to be done with it. Yeah, I yeah. agree. It's it's, it's, a, it's well past old. It is. It is. I mean, you, you think about alcohol prohibition. It was like a decade, you know? Tiny bit, some change. Jeez. The fucking weed thing's been like, what, 78 years now. Right. It's like closing in on a century of this shit. Dumb. It's just got to stop, man. Yeah. Too much. It's too long. It's enough. All the people understand this. But the ultimate corruption... Of the entire system that we run under, whether it's the banks, whether it's the political system, whether it's the federal government or your fucking state or city governments, it doesn't matter. It's all just tainted with this poison of corruption. Yep. By the people, for the people, no longer. You either gotta like... Not in my lifetime. Play along and do crimes with them or you gotta be like financing it all as a taxpayer. It's insane. Mm. It's insane. You know. I do not consent. Yeah. But going to get raped anyway. Easy to say. At the yeah, end of exactly. the year. <laughs> um, can't consent and you can't move your arms. It's a fucking tough situation, yeah, exactly. bro. It's a tough situation. That's a great way of putting it. Uh, so the Oregon Liquor and Cannabis Commission has started a crackdown on illegal weed grows on hemp farms. They're sending people out to check all these farms. Um, I've noticed a lot of them didn't consent to the investigation, the search or whatever, and it doesn't seem like they ever followed back up to try and get them. But of the ones they did do an inspection on, they found that 44% of them are growing weed as well as hemp. Uh-oh. That sounds dangerous And I just, I, I couldn't help but wonder if they're, you know, just like measuring the THC in it, not actually a marijuana plant versus a hemp plant, but if they're saying like the hemp has over 0.3 THC and just being like, it's weed. Right. I don't know. They don't talk about their uh, 
you know, like, are we talking nugs here? And then what happens? What's going to happen? Are they going to get arrested? Have to pay a fine? Like, don't know. It's just these systems, these legal markets they're putting in, and then they pass more, you know, laws for them, more rules, so that these people get more and more power. And it still, it just feels like such an illegal market still, even though you legalized it. Right. It's it's the new laws. It makes you know? my skin crawl. It's the new prohibition. Like, you're allowed to smoke the weed, but you're not allowed to do all of this shit now. And the weed is not free by any means. We've not freed the weed. Nope. Don't get it twisted. <laughs> Don't even uh, jump up and down. Just know it's all a step in the right direction. Yeah, that's the one. <laughs> It's a step in the right direction after all. Just like in Rhode Island, where drug possession has been de-felonized. Oh. Yeah. I can handle that. Yeah. It's a step in the right direction. Yeah, now you just get a misdemeanor, man. That's right. Yeah, you know. Awesome. An asset forfeiture, you know. It doesn't doesn't ruin my whole life just the next month. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, and your wallet probably, Yeah. Yeah. Fines and shit. Just get fined in my butthole and get a lawyer. Pay the go legal to court. Fees. Do drug court. Probably get fucking two years or three years where you got to piss in a cup for some fucking dude. Yeah, it's a it's step cool. in the right direction. It's a, a step great, in the right yeah, direction. It's a great step in the great direction. <laughs> in Florida, a doctor is accusing state health officials of breaking the law to create fake medical records in a sting operation they were running. Um, where two investigators posed as military veterans with PTSD going to this doctor for a medical marijuana prescription. Huh. It was a prescription, a recommendation. That's the word. Okay. A medical recommendation right. to become patients. Um, this doctor has practiced for nearly three decades and had a complaint filed against him by the Department of Health saying that he alleged the medical laws... When he ordered medical marijuana for the two agents, who they're referring to as patient OG and patient BD. So they say it's because he failed to conduct physical exams on them or do a full assessment of their medical history (sighs) because he should have seen that it was fake. You know, it's made up. Uh, They say he didn't properly diagnose the men with at least one qualifying condition, which I think is false. I guess he didn't give them the PTSD diagnosis, but he acknowledged it, and that is a qualifying condition. Um, he didn't jump through the correct hoop at the correct height. That's uh, right. The next thing, at the proper the failure angle. to adequately determine their that their use of weed would outweigh the potential health risks. Oh, my God. Are you kidding me? And then the last one is kind of hand-in-hand hand with that. Failure to review their controlled drug prescription histories in a statewide database. Because, you know, don't mix your weed, people. Kidding. You can charge me about failing to give a fuck about following any of those, dude. Right. So, they're trying to take his license away. And he hired a lawyer who is going to argue that they broke federal law by forging military documents and pretending to have medical conditions to qualify. God, whatever happened to entrapment being illegal, you know? Some fucking weed. Can you imagine going to a doctor and being like pretending you have a headache and then the guy like prescribes you something for a headache? <laughs> like, you didn't verify the headache. I was lying. Oh, I got you. You're good to me. 
Yeah, and you trusted me with the form that I filled out in the beginning telling you what I take on a daily basis. Silly you. You should have verified it yeah. in the state database. Did you sign that fucking form you filled out? You fucking liars. <sighs> yeah, and then see you know, oh, hate patient it. OG. That just always grosses me out, the nicknames that these uh, authorities use. Just gross. Anyways, mockery. In Haverhill, Massachusetts, cannabis businesses are being charged $1.3 million in impact fees. Oh, what is this? Now, we talked about this uh, quite a while back. I don't have the exact episode number, but an impact fee allows the city or town, the municipality that they're operating in, to charge them for fees that they feel they incur by the weed shops being there. And these shops are forced to sign host community agreements with the towns in which they operate, which gives the community leverage over them and encourages them to tax them more. So in this instance, Haverhill is saying it had to pay over a million dollars for policing because there's dispensaries in town. Okay. Do they have to prove it? No. No. No, And they made a list of what the money is going to, and it's toys. Sure, Tactical gear. Bearcats and riot shields and jackboots and smoke grenades. They're just robbing these companies, you know? And uh, let's see. I like money. Originally, these host community agreements may have had mitigation fees written into them based on how the municipality thought the business would impact their town. So they got to just guess right off the bat, like, you're going to have to owe us this much money to cover our costs of... I don't know, sending a cop walking by every five minutes or wow. whatever ridiculous thing they claim they're going to do with it. Um, really but, makes you makes you wonder how something like that got into the law, doesn't it? Hmm. How could they write it in such a way? Surely it was a grassroots written law. Oh, yeah. For the people. With enough know. money to pass. Yeah. Yes, and extreme lobbying power. Yeah. Oh, it's I, disgusting. It is. Um, but thumbs up to Northampton, Mass., because they stopped collecting their impact fees after they saw there were no major impacts of having a dispensary in town. Imagine that. Imagine that. They do have a 3% excise tax, though, that goes straight into the city's general funds. So, I mean, they're still getting a little sure, piece, you know, just because I mean, they can't. 3%. Yeah. This in w- a relative world, like that's pretty reasonable. Over a million dollars. You're looking this. around at other places, dude. And that's there's three dispensaries in Haverhill. And they so they're all paying like over three hundred thirty-three thousand dollars to this place dude. for nothing, it's for bringing much. tours, for bringing money in, for driving commerce in their town, like boosting their economy. How dare they? How dare they? Give them a boost. <laughs> boost them up. You got a boost. <sighs> in South Carolina, a licensed hemp farmer is suing law enforcement after they cut down his crops. Ah, oh, I hate Ten acres. stories like that. Ten, Ten acres, acres of hemp cut down. And he wasn't allowed to talk to his lawyer before the crops were destroyed, which to me is just makes no sense. You should have yeah, some that's... sort of like, hey, we're going to come back and do this without... in a certain time if you don't. The way this is supposed to work is without due process, you're legally entitled to shoot the motherfuckers. Trespassing and stealing? No. No. Yeah. With no due process, that's the thing that's coming at you. Yep. Well, his complaint includes claims of unlawful arrest, assault and battery, abusive process, defamation, and negligence. So we'll have to watch this, see what happens. 
of course, you know, justice is very slow moving in no this doubt. country, uh, if the, it ever comes about. The other twisted part of this we've kind of talked about before, which is if the guy does get justice and gets the money that's owed to him, that money's coming from a taxpayer coffer. It's not coming from any of these fucking assholes that did it to him, whether it be the whatever jackboot right. force that stormed his place or whether it be, you know, the the local uh, legislators. Yeah, no. It's and, the people. And that's why I said all these idiots who fuck around with taxpayer money and kick people's doors down, they should all have to carry some sort of an insurance policy that pays that out that's directly tied to them. Yeah. And then if, you know, if they fucking have to pay a guy out big, A, it doesn't come out like the taxpayer's coffers, and B, it makes it harder for this asshole to afford to keep doing it wrong over and over. That's good thinking. That's an exit strategy right there. Because the, the taxpayer being on the hook for it is just fundamentally unfair. It is. They get to make as many mistakes as they want, and we got to pay for all of that. Yeah, every time. And we only have to pay for it if these guys actually even get their comeuppance, you know? Yeah. And most of the stuff the majority of people would not approve of. They wouldn't care if this guy moved his hemp crop to a different 10 acres on his farm or whatever happened without obtaining approval from nanny government. You know, it's like... Yeah, just in general, so just dumb. leave he's a people licensed, alone. He's a licensed hemp farmer. Let him work with his land to do what he's got to do. Mm-hmm. So... <sighs> you hate to see it. You hate to see it. And it happens a lot, unfortunately. In South Dakota, their medical marijuana subcommittee voted six to four to eliminate home cultivation. And this is just symbolic for now. Um, members of the Marijuana Interim Study Committee will have to vote on whether to advance this recommendation to the legislature. But South Dakota has been pushing back on these voter initiatives the whole time. So I can, I, you know, I don't want to be a pessimist, but it wouldn't surprise me if it happened, if they did away with home cultivation because of this recommendation. You know, just more of an attack on the will of the people. Right. Um, but, you know, and that's just kind of a, oh, no set date to vote on what to do or whatever. Just looming. Just looming in the mist. Um, they do still have a deadline listed. Will they uh, honor it or not? I don't know. But May 15th, 2022 is when patients are supposed to be issued their IDs. Um, and, of course... In South Dakota, voters are still awaiting the fate of the recreational ballot measure, Amendment A, after the governor, the, the governor, the governor facilitated litigation to strike it down as unconstitutional. And that was backed by a circuit court judge who ruled in favor, saying that just like in Nebraska, oh, this measure encompasses more than one topic. So Supreme Court justices there in South Dakota have yet to render a decision uh, whether they're going to uphold or rescind the lower court's ruling. Well, I know they're going to take their pretty little time about it. Yes, yes. South but Dakota. But hey, we got our eye on it. We'll keep watching it. <laughs> That's right. That's right. You're in my thoughts, South Dakota. You are. You're kicking you... ass, taking names. I know they're already gearing up for 2022 just to do it all over again. Yep. You know? It's all you can do. You got to keep fighting. You got to keep slamming your head against that brick wall till it's gone. I mean... We, that's our only choice, really. It's not a great choice, but the alternative is to roll over and die, and no thank you. All right. Never forgive, never forget, never give up. Never surrender. 
and never surrenders. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, New York, they uh they missed their deadline for establishing some homegirl rules. And that's on hold indefinitely. They don't have a new deadline or anything, you know, just oh sure. we didn't do it. Uh, well, you know. Yeah. We don't follow the law the law. No. You know, if I miss a deadline, then I got extra fees involved. If they miss a deadline, then you know it's, oh. like, it's like, well, you know, due to circumstances uh, involving the pandemic, uh, you can't do it. Or in the in a gig economy, you know, you miss a deadline on a job. Whew, good luck finding another client. Yeah, you're toast. You're toast. Yeah, <laughs> you can't miss them. You can't miss your deadlines. But these politicians, these, they can get away with everything. Government bureaucrats, man. Ah, no accountability, man. Well, more than a dozen municipalities in Ohio will be voting on decriminalization next month. Activists in Ohio are gathering signatures, though, for statewide legalization in 2022. Cool. So we'll see what happens. See what happens. Oh, I saw that the the Cannabis Chamber of Commerce was created in Kansas. Cute. And I was like, what is this? Yeah. One of those little Another. industry trade associations. Yes. And it is. Uh-huh. And it is, of course. It's a pre established business cartel. You know? Yes, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. You want to be in the know, you got to come to these meetings and pay the dues. Oh, yeah, yeah. We've seen these groups around. Oh, yeah. They educate, they network, yeah. they lobby. Oh, oh, they provide information and opportunities. <laughs> mm-hmm. For a small fee. For a small, small fee of 15 grand. We'll, we'll be consultant to you, man. Yeah. And don't look around the room. Don't look around the room who's sitting here with you. Because, you know, some people have paid higher dues for longer periods of time and they're royalty. So don't look at them. Yeah. No, well, we can know. get you the front of the line, man. Just, you know, grease the pig a bit. Yeah. It'll be great. you get your license faster. There's a polling that shows, just like the majority of Americans, over two-thirds of Kansans do support legalization. Um, and there was a bill that got overwhelming approval in the House during the last session, uh, which would have created a really heavily over-regulated medical cannabis structure uh, but it wasn't taken up by the senate so i know the governor said very early on she would sign that legislation but ooh, bad legislation Never even made man. It to the floor no no so um i bring another clip this wow, time you are clip laden today this time in new hampshire Marijuana and the state constitution. It's an unlikely pairing, but legalization advocates are proposing a constitutional right to possess cannabis, so the question that has been kicked around in Concord for years can be settled at the ballot box. We've been working for a half century now to try to reform our cannabis laws. We've been thwarted every way, and I think for a number of legislators, they'll feel more comfortable if the people decide. A constitutional amendment requires three-fifths support in the House and Senate. But if it can meet that threshold, it bypasses the governor, which is crucial in this case because he opposes legalization. Two-thirds support from voters in November would then ratify the amendment. What we've seen poll after poll showing that up to 70 or 75 percent of New Hampshire residents support legalizing cannabis. And for some reason, the legislature has not followed through on those wishes. Opposition to legalization remains strong among Republicans. They say drugs don't belong in the state's founding document. I just found out about this, and uh, my initial reaction is uh, absolutely not. 
I don't believe this is a constitutional issue at all. Personally, I think it's an abuse of the Constitution. House Democratic leader Rennie Cushing says the right to possess cannabis would fall under the newly established constitutional right to privacy. This is a matter of personal privacy. It amends the section of the Constitution that allows for personal privacy, and I think that this is an entirely appropriate mechanism that we can use. This may be something of a legal and legislative Hail Mary, but there are lawmakers on both sides of the aisle who believe it might just be what's needed to break the stalemate. The way we look at the way it's working now, those ba that battle is just going to continue. It's going to continue on. So again, taking it to the ballot and giving the people the choice uh, could solve could solve and make a remedy for us. Yeah, I mean that's what that's the people's document is the Constitution. So that makes perfect sense, you know. It's the way to go. And these legislators bitching about the abuse of it or whatever fuck you that's not for you to decide go fuck yourself no i don't give a fuck about your opinion about it i'm tired of being abused it's by the you. people's document you know in that you're a citizen that's as much say as you have in it if you don't like it you can vote no on it like the rest of us fucking slaves when the election comes around assuming you get a fair shake at that and of course there was a gold nugget in there that i got poll after poll oh thank god i'm glad you <laughs> Poll after poll. I did catch it, definitely. Poll after poll. Poll after poll. He said that, and I just giggle, giggle, giggle. Uh, I had an immediate reaction. So hard. So hard. And uh, my last story. Well, I, I will say, right now in New Hampshire, uh, possession is decriminalized up to three quarters of an ounce. So, constitutional amendment, baby. That's All the right. way. Let's do it. We got five quarters here, bitch. <laughs> Last story, this past week, Seattle became the largest city to decriminalize psychedelics, and it was a unanimous vote. Woohoo! Woohoo. I love it. Love it. Ready for it. Ready for freedom. Yeah. Ready for just take everything <laughs> off the Controlled Substances Act. Um, let's just scrap the CSA. I don't know. I haven't done a lot of different drugs. Just scrap it. I don't want anything on there. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Let people be free That's to right. do what they want to do try with their body try whatever man i should probably try it their chemistry i can eat i can sit down and have a pie and ice cream and spike my uh sugars my insulin my whatever i can like sit and eat myself to death and no one uh, nannies me about that in fact they would yeah. be ridiculed if they tried oh no 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 you can't fat shame oh yeah, yeah. you can't fat shame but you know want to ingest a certain substance that you grows can't grows from this earth no 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 not free to do that no you need to go it. to the pharmacist and get something that your doctor recommends to you yes because you don't know any better you don't know what you need you don't know what's good for you blah 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 <laughs> do we have a metal moment tonight indeed i just it just hit me that i was like oh you know what i'm uh gonna want to download the metal moment you know? oh that would be good yeah because uh you know once you download the metal moment then you can that actually play the metal moment good to go and then the moment can be metal for us all i think yeah, the rev yeah, is in we... the mood for spooky season yes that's right based on his poll last week his yeah. poll after poll poll after poll well it's up and it's ready and it's launched you want to hear it you want to get yeah, metal yeah, yeah. you want to get, get metal? metal let's get metal metal, metal. In the bowl and in the morning. This here is the Reverend Cybertrucker with this week's Halloween special, Metal Moment. From the mind of Tim Burton and the conductor's baton of Danny Elfman, 1998's Beetlejuice is probably one of the most iconic horror comedies to ever exist. 
Couple that with a guitarist such as the YouTuber Girls Melon, and you come up with an iconic reimagining of this movie intro. like it i love it and it needs to be added to the post show spooky season oh yeah list. yeah the halloween haunts list man it's halloween been a while haunts. since we've been playing that Ooh, i forgot all about that oh man that was awesome it was that got me back uh back into the mood dude pumped up back into the energy spooky season you know what always 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 gets me back into the energy too is hearing the voicemails from our listeners. So this week we're talking about the uh, first time I ever hit on someone at 816-607-3663. But you can also talk about whatever it is, you know, feedback on the show, this and that. People don't always go with the topic at hand necessarily. Um, a few things if you're new to the voicemail. There's a three-minute limit where if you talk for three minutes and one second, you get cut off. Like, cuts right off at three minutes. So, uh, of course, some people like to call in and uh, supplement that got a longer story it's always good um you can double it up uh some people like to flood it up and we still have a couple uh from the high flying hawaiian from back in august when he blew us up and uh i forgot to roll one out last week which was silly of me but uh we're gonna start this week with one because uh, we have two left from him all right okay i remember now maybe you can just edit these voicemails into one voicemail but uh oh, that would have so saved me so much the, time <laughs> hundred year plan here going on from Merck Pharmaceuticals all the way up. I mean, they've been doing this uh, as a process, um, ex human exper like, uh, experimenting on the population and giving them these shots, which I'm not against vaccines and stuff, but they'll be, they knew they were bringing in sick monkeys. You know what I mean? They knew it. It's, it's in the, it's, go look it up on YouTube. They, they, uh, they had a PBS interview with the Merck Pharmaceuticals doctor that was one of the lead doctors that invented the polio vaccine, and he talks about how they were bringing in sick monkeys with the simian virus. Or whatever, and it led to HPV 40, a cancer-causing virus. And he knew it, and he told his higher up, and they said, no, it's good science, good science. Just like they're saying now, oh, it's good science. No, it's not. It's bad science. Safe okay? and effective. And it's all big plants. So, like, and then even in the Bible, it says, mark the beast, all this shit, right? I mean, you can't help but say, oh, wow, this is really planned out very well. Like, like the whole coronavirus is a big, big scam. It's all planned to lock us down, to get the vaccine on us, do all this shit, and you can totally tell that it was all pre-planned and the whole like ballots, the ballot, uh, the voting and all that. First of all, don't ever, you, you shouldn't be, whenever you vote, you shouldn't put your, sign your name on the vote. Um, you're supposed to show them your ID to get in to vote. 
and you you, don't, you shouldn't put your name on the ballot because they can uh, harvest that data, and then they can go after you depending on what party you're affiliated with. That shouldn't be allowed. I mean, like, mail-in ballot, I mean, come on, people, wake up. You know what I mean? Like, don't be doing that stupid shit either. Don't be giving them any information, you know? Opt out. And fucking, uh, you know, I don't know what else to say. It's just like, people got to be smarter, I, like I guess. Like opting you know? out, Or else yes. they just, you know, get taken out. But, I don't know, it's, it's pretty sad what's going on. Um, And people just, are, you know, they're, little, they're just worker bees. And with hive mind, I, I don't know. It's uh, it's pretty sick, but you can see the plan from the get go. I mean, it's been it's been a hundred year plan, and that's how these Nazis are doing it. Hitler got away. I mean, they never had a body. What if they roll up the body in a freaking carpet and like bring him out of Berlin, out of his headquarters, burn his body so that the enemy wouldn't get it or whatever that whatever bullshit they said. No, he had a secret tunnel down there or some shit. You know what I mean? Got away. He he planned it so well. He liquidated his assets before he got caught. Into Merck Pharmaceuticals, mainly. I mean, come on, people. <laughs> this is some serious shit. Whatever. Bye. Bye. All right. He has, he has one more that we'll save for next week for your birthday. All right. He'd be uh, the final high flying Hawaiian. He waited till the sixth out of seven. I think there was seven. Uh, eight. He waited to the seventh out of eight to say you could edit these voicemails into one voicemail. Maybe I'll do that and just have it so that it's the full. We could make like a semi episode oh, out of it yes. or something. Yes. Yeah. It'd be like halfway to a bulls with buds, just having the his whole voicemail stitched as as one. So I it was love a, that. it was an epic trail of uh, rabbit hole that he was on. Yes. Uh, this next caller likes to run epic trails. Yeah, I heard a bit of that. Um, you know, the the various times I've uh, I've hit on people. The the first time I remember was actually in sixth grade. So this probably right, right. 1985. Um, there was a, a girl I was, um, I, I was quite fond of, um, yeah. and, uh, yeah, she, you know, and I, yeah, I tried hitting on her and, you know, asking her out, et cetera. And I got told, well, I got told something like, no service for you. And yeah, anyway, <laughs> that was, um, and that seemed to have persisted through most of my, um, through most of my high school life. I, you know, there was, um, I think maybe in, in junior high school, there was a, you know, I don't know, some, it, it, it didn't turn into, it never turned into anything, but, you know, yeah. there's someone I was smitten with. But I was such a social misfit and, you know, Asperger's, whatever, the, the 80s and whatever, it just was not a great, um, it was not a great time for me. In fact, I think the first time I successfully hit on somebody, uh, I think it involved IRC. Um, and uh, hey. that's, when, I, when I was able to do it that way, then uh, I had some better luck. Um, and uh, yeah, yeah, some. That's some where the autists can that, put but, the charm on. Uh, uh, yeah, it's, uh, unfortunately, um, you know, I don't know. I'm, I'm a much different person now. I can probably, you know, I've got a lot more self confidence because yeah, back then I didn't have a lot of self confidence. And I think in order to hit on somebody and actually have it go well, um, well, first of all, I think you have to actually be perceptive in how that person might react to what it is you're going to do, and you have to know, be able to do it well enough to actually uh, get the result that you want and. Yeah, I don't think I've ever been, uh, you know, that great at that, uh, you know, and it's I'm certainly, you know, um, and I'm out of practice now. Uh, so it happens when you're married for 20 something years and don't really have to uh, hit on anybody. Um, but, uh, you, you know, all of this stuff just cause you're is, married? Um, you know, I mean, it is, yeah, this is, uh, you know, some people are better at it than others. And yeah, that's, uh, that's always been a, 
it's always been a challenge for me, but, uh, you know, that is, uh, that is, uh, my experience with hitting on someone. It's, uh, usually, uh, yeah, maybe not so great. <laughs> you, you might die. You can take that to the bank. And we all know Phone Boy's just a little Romeo running around. He is. Busting out trails <laughs> in his sandals like a boss. Come on. You know you got a Phone Boy. We have a PS. Postscript. Minna, minna. So, minna, minna. I, um, <laughs> I guess I, I guess I can share this particular uh, thing on the bowl because it's, it's you know it's the it's the uh, the pot is not optional podcast right right um, so um, I actually bought my first legal THC <gasps> oh my god this is gonna be a great story I do want to say though just for clarity just to point it out the, the reason pot is not optional is just because you're in here you know it's not like because you gotta smoke it and shit you're just like you're just being here. It's just kind of in the air. It's all around. It's like a fog. You're in a fog here. That's the only reason. It's not. We're not trying to push on you or nothing. You know. No, just, no, you're just in just, the bowl. Yeah. Once you're in the bowl, you know, it's just you kind of you're in there, you know. But anyway, first purchase, man. This it was is not, exciting. I did not buy a bud, but uh, um, I bought some uh, some indica that was that is good in, man. That is in tincture form, so tincture under the tongue kind of thing, and. The reason I did that is because, well, I've been having trouble sleeping lately. There's a lot going on. And um, it is, uh, you know, some of it good, some of it not so good. Uh -huh. um, but, uh, yeah, it's been a little exciting um, the last, uh, I don't know, a couple of weeks or so, I guess. Um, and um, losing weight, which is, you know, because you know, it's, you know, there's some there's some stuff going on. You know, nothing nothing's wrong with me, guys. I'm, I'm yeah, at least not, at least not physically. Anyway. <laughs> um, but, hey I was, uh, but uh, not getting enough sleep is uh, no bueno, mm. and um, and I know my my mind does not do well if it does not get enough sleep. My body seems to be okay with not getting enough sleep, but um, but my my mind definitely needs it. So uh, yeah, I actually uh, I actually went down to our local uh, pot store, which um, and actually know somebody who works there. Um, it's daughter of a of a couple oh boy, uh, knows that we guy. know, and um, yeah, she's she's working. Yeah, you know, she works there, and yeah, you know, that, that was an interesting experience going into it. The the, the pot shop is actually um, in a um, it's actually like in attached to a gas station. So if that place goes up in smoke. It's going to be very fragrant. <laughs> so um, you know, and there's uh, yeah, there's. Uh, yeah, that was that was the, yeah. So I guess the first time I've ever been in the pot shop. There you go. And maybe that's a, maybe that's the first time I ever. I don't know. Um, not everybody's gonna be able to do that, of course, because uh, you know weed's not legal everywhere. And, and you know, and I started looking into the um, marijuana laws in different places just because because um, I'm curious. And yes, there is a, you know, there's still some places where it's illegal. I don't quite get that. Or you know, they, of course the 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 legal, you know, is, is varies right even even among the legal states. So. Um, now, has this helped me sleep? Um, I think the jury's still out on that. I'm still, I'm still working through it. I did finally get last night anyway. I did finally get a decent night of sleep, and I hope that uh, continues because, yeah, getting no sleep is uh, is no bueno. You gotta sleep. Yeah, sleep is important, no doubt about it. You know, I've always found. I don't know. I'm like an easy sleeper. You know me. I go to sleep quick. I sleep deep. I wake up when I have to wake up or later. And uh, there's been very few times where I've had like trouble falling asleep or I'm like wide awake, don't know what to do. But all those times I've found, if you just beat one off real quick. <laughs> That's what I was going to say. You just rub one out. You just, 
you know, have sex, smash a quick nut, and then boom, dudes, like uh, your head turns into a rock and you just sink in, sink down in there, man. That's my experience anyway. I don't know. I don't know. But sublingual weed can also help with this indica stuff, man. Yeah, the tincture. This is a self-proclaimed indicant over here. So indicant. She loves the indicas. Anyway, uh, the next one appears to be short and sweet. Let's find out. Hi, yeah, the first time I ever hit on someone was on Jitsi, and that's at noagenda.fun. Oh, look at that. This man never found love until Jitsi. Yeah, Jitsi. Noagenda.fun. I'm going to fill it with my fun right away. That uh, sounded a bit like the cock, didn't it, huh? It did. Yeah, cocky guy there. Always with the Jitsi, hanging out with the Jitsi. That's cool. They got a little URL, uh, noagenda.fun. I'll have to fun it up sometime. Maybe on your birthday we can peek in there or something. Yes. Uh, you can live stream the. Oh, that'd be annoying to live stream the show. Peek at this next collar on your birthday, no doubt. Woo! Mm, yeah. Oh, I just did hit it. <laughs> <laughs> nice. In the ball. Welcome yo, in. Yo, 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 yo. Good evening, Good evening. Babe. What's happening? Hot stuff. Uh, yeah. Oh, hello, hello. Mmm. Hot papacita. Caliente, caliente mamacita. Que pasando? I don't remember the <laughs> Spanish word for wolf. Lobo. Oh, damn it. I didn't prepare. Big shocker there. El Lobo. How are you? How are you? El Lobo uh, SBN. I was about to find <laughs> out. So, mm, so excited. And I know what next Tuesday is. That's right. Oh, I can't wait. Like, I really hope that you'll be streaming uh, next Tuesday for the special event for the wonderful, beautiful, outstandingly stupendous thing. Phenomenal. <laughs> DeLorean. DeLorean. Up in the house. Casey. Oh. <laughs> Wasting time. As usual. So, studio. <laughs> I my story is not great, but I might as well just share it. Yeah, Fuck it. Bring it. Fuck it. Fuck it. Smoking a bowl, sir. Serena. I was really young when I finally had the nerve to hit on, or rather, sort of finally get the nerve to proposition somebody that uh, that uh, I had such a terrible crush on for <gasps> years, which is actually going on in my present life too. <laughs> yeah, once you finally get the with the nerve to you know, tell your crush, or yeah, for that's what it is for me. I don't I don't hit on people. Oh, I do, and but I know it's a great. You confess great, to people instead. Great. It's a great fucking uh, yeah topic and SDIE, and uh, I love these. Wonderful, you know I'm out of time. Oh. Uh oh, time's almost oh, up. Oh, sorry. Call back. I will. I'll tell the story and get it done. <laughs> okay, she did. Uh, she did. Actually, I wasn't that young. Um, I oh. was. Thirteen, yeah, thirteen, fourteen years old. 
Pretty young. And whew, you know, I'm not that much of a looker now. Um, some somebody special I care about and love think, seems to think so, but <laughs> um, that I am now attractive. But I definitely wasn't at all when I was that age. And then I started to do things to change my appearance, and oh boy, was he one hot to trot boy. Oh, <laughs> he was just, yeah, he was just this naturally sexy, beautiful, sparkling, blue-eyed, you know, like, uh, Native American boy with long hair, and loved to ride around on his BMX bikes and flirt up all the girls. <laughs> he was just so beautiful, and he was my neighbor from down the street and I was good friends with his sister and uh yeah I mean they were just beautiful people I mean of you know of physicality of, of spirituality of personality and uh his name was Herbie or Herbert <laughs> but Herbie and uh, he had a great sense of humor he was so attractive he was funny he was in great taste in music and I mean he could have his pick <laughs> He really could have his pick. Like, damn, he did a lot for me <laughs> in, the, in the world of fantasy. And, uh, I didn't have the confidence that I do now with fantasy even, let alone with what I did with my body. Um, when thinking about one who stimulates those desires. <sighs> and, uh, yeah, that makes all the difference, by the way. How much time do I have? I'm running out quickly. Quickly, quick, 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 like bunny. Quickly, funny. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, of course, he turned me down pretty hard, but, you know, he wasn't a total dick about it. I wrote him a letter and everything, and he knew. He, I mean, it was obvious mm. the way I acted around him, how much I was, like, desperate for his attention. Or I was just, you know, and then I knew that I wasn't good enough. I was I was probably uh, one or two on most guys' scales back then. So, <laughs> And, yeah, I had to try. Just, you know, thinking that I could woo him with words or some shit. And I've never been able to do that. (laughs) It didn't go well, but it taught me a lot. And it opened up a floodgate of self-pleasure, too, in in one respect. So I think I'm out of time. Good night in the bowl. I love you both. Love you, Quirkass. We love you. Oh, yeah. I hear Quirkass is getting a microphone. That's what I heard. Got that's, a microphone that, getting one? I heard that rumor too, yeah. I heard she was shopping for a mic. That's good stuff. I'm I hear, hear she's that. going to be on episode 69 of Behind the Schemes That's what too. I heard. That's what I heard. 69! 69, dudes! Very excited. No doubt. Totally appropriate. When's the first time you hit on anybody? The first time I could think of. Thinking back. Digging back. A long list of people I've hit on. Just kidding. I couldn't really actually think of anyone I hit on. Uh, (laughs) Yes. Flipping through all the pages of my diary. Let's go back to the beginning. (laughs) When I was five. No, just kidding. (laughs) I was, um, I think I was 15 in this instance. 15, uh, maybe 16. I don't know. It was like junior year of high school. I was doing a, (laughs) it was my first summer camp. I never went to camp as a kid, but this was a journalism camp at Boston University. And we lived in the dorms. We stayed in the dorms for like the two weeks of the camp, whatever. Eight on campus at the little cafeteria. 
and had a dorm roommate who was this really cool chick. Had a lot of fun. Did a lot of fun stuff and didn't get caught or get in trouble. So it was a good time. Nice. Uh, but, you know, when you're eating on college campuses, you have to like have a badge you swipe in on. You got so many points or allotted meals you're allowed, whatever. So you can't just go in there all the time and grab a snack. Yeah. And <laughs> there's this guy who was, <laughs> he's the guy that swiped you in. But he was there every day. And he was young. He was a freshman. So it was just like his on-campus job or whatever yeah. uh, for the summer and while doing schooling. And my friend was like, I think he made eyes at you. And I was just like, all right, well, this is this, my first time away from home in the summer. So I am going to make a move. And what did I do? I drew a picture of a DeLorean <laughs> on a napkin. <laughs> It's so cringe. I want to barf. <laughs> Interest instantly I, recognizable. I bet I as wrote a Delorean. Right? My phone number and I put my name Lorian under it with a duh in parentheses next to it. Yeah. And then I wrote, "I don't need a flux capacitor to know that you are in my future." Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty great, actually. Yeah, no. He did text me, though. What? <laughs> and uh, and started off right, because he was like, you like thrift stores? And I was like, oh, my goodness. <laughs> but it, yeah. it, just, it didn't go anywhere. There was no chemistry. It didn't even go to all. the thrift store? We did go to the thrift store. Okay, we did well. go to the thrift store with my dorm roomie, and we just laughed the whole time. Rough. Yeah. He wore a yarmulke. <laughs> that's why his body fell apart the whole time i was uh just you know just as the water just throwing out there <laughs> like your jerry curls you know <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's the first time i could think of nice yeah well uh wonder what this next caller could think of for the first time it would only be appropriate to offer up full disclosure that there's about seven ciders coursing through these veins at the moment Seven ciders. And there was an error <laughs> on my part for not answering last time, uh, last time's first time I ever, which was the first time I ever met an asshole celebrity. Oh, yeah, yeah. And I'm not going to go with the first time, but instead with the last time. And she wasn't even an asshole. It was through sheer ignorance because it was Celine Dion visiting the Cats tour in Toronto, and she gave a speech afterwards, which all of the local union crew in Toronto had to be present for, and those dudes earned another minimum four hours plus overtime because Celine Dion ran on for about 45 minutes. I, myself, was pretty frustrated with the situation because I had shit I wanted to go do that night, and I didn't want to sit around at the theater for another 45 minutes while people took pictures and recorded everything and listened to Celine Dion give a speech, which kudos for them. I think it's very impressive. It'd be cool, but you can go find a green room or a rehearsal room or yeah. something like that. Uh, as far as the first time I ever hit on anybody, hey, nice shoes. Want to fuck? <laughs> <laughs> In the bowl. Because we want to fuck. Boobs in the bowl. Absolutely foolproof. Absolutely foolproof. Oh, yeah. I wanted to mention, because Phone Boy said something about the first time bought legal pot or whatever. 
that that was one in the past, but you could you couldn't participate at the time, I guess. She hadn't bought legal, legal weed yet, so you're really that was really a callback, technically. Yes, retroactive first time I ever is always accepted. Always good. Always good because you may be listening to this, you know, days, weeks, months, or years in advance. We never know these podcasts, man. They go out and then they stay out, and you can play them in, in perpetuity. Just to drop a big word on you. That's a word too big for me. Uh, this next caller coming at you. Hello, bowlers. Oh, hello. A little bit inebriated, so I wasn't gonna call in, but uh, whatever. Um, you weren't gonna call in. Yeah, they, that hand sanitizer. I, I picked my mom up from the hospital. We hope she's gonna be okay, but oh, whatever. Uh, yeah. Well, no, I shouldn't say that that way. Um, <laughs> you, we all hope your mom will be better. Yes. Worry anybody out there? She, uh, she's a tough old bird. But um, the hand sanitizer, like in the hospital, going off like crazy everywhere. I could hear it. I stood out in the hallway when they discharged my mom. Uh, and while she, you know, changed in her room, I don't want to freaking be in there. Um, but anyways, because um, I was out in the hallway, you could hear, like, the hand sanitizer being sprayed all over the freaking place, up and down the hall. It's kind of funny. It's but, creepy. Uh, yeah. Anyways, um, first time I ever hit on a girl. Um, hmm. I don't even remember. It was probably some, I don't know, the account of, like, when the kids are, like, really young and... You see the little funny video that they're on. They hit on like some woman that's like 27 years old or something like that. But um, I don't know if that ever happened. Probably not. But anyways, uh, I had a friend. Uh, my first friend ever when I was like five was a girl. But I don't think I ever hit on her. Uh, wasn't until much later. So probably junior high. And I don't even recall it then. So that's a tough recall on that one. In the bowl. In the bowl, Ned, Ned, in the bowl. Yeah, I was trying to go through the memory banks myself and try to figure out what the heck actually was the first time I ever hit on someone. Because I'm the same way as you, you know, and, and a lot of the bowlers, I don't really, like, hit on people in the classic sense, you know. Like, hey, pretty lady, where are you going with that ass or whatever, you know. People say, I don't know. It's really not. Definitely when I was in, like, my junior high homeschooled phase and uh, all the way up through high school. It was just pathetic when it came to that. But always being like a handwritten note or some shit, you know? Oh, yeah. Or I always was like uh, trying to get a girl to go to the dance with me. Um, but as far as hitting on, I mean, what would you say? I'm just, that's not really my style, you know? No, dropping pickup lines? I just let them come to me. <laughs> it was like, uh, usually my move was like, want to smoke like me being romantic the closest it gets is to like the guy in pirate radio who just like says like one or two words at a time you know and then like let the silences fill up but you know it's hard to do when these fucking crickets sneak up on you what is with this fucking <laughs> cricket bro he is getting closer and closer i swear to god this son of a bitch is back here he's unaffected man oh cricket he's getting crazy Oh, my God. Anyway, yeah, I'm not really, like, a hit-on guy. I've been hit-on, but I don't really do the hitting-on. No, yeah. yeah. You can't think of one instance, though, like a little note you wrote or something? Oh, I'm sure there's been, like, notes or whatever, you know. When I was, like, super desperate in... uh, Super desperate. I was still homeschooled. And the first girl that I was, like, fucking nuts about, like, uh, her name was my password type of shit. 
was this girl who went to my church when I was still in, uh, I don't know, probably sixth grade or something. She was like three years above me, I want to say, maybe two years above me. I don't know. Out of my league, out of my social scene, out of my everything, you know. Like, plus, we'd been family friends since, like, I was born. Oh, wow. You know? In diapers. And, yeah. It was just never going to happen. Never going to happen. <laughs> but uh, I still was obsessed with her for the longest time. And uh, I think, like, one time, I, like, I was going to, like, make this fucking present for her and then, like, give it to her and, like, confess my fucking undying love or whatever, you know, like. Uh, sort of like what Cork has to say. Just like puke it out so that you understand it's finally like been said, even though it's been obvious. It reminded me a lot of her voicemail actually, because it was like everybody knew, you know, that I was like crazy about this girl, and that it was just sad. But uh, one time I carved like her name out of a soap bar, carved it all up, and it was like going to be the night I was going to give it to her, and then I like freaked out, and I was like, no, this is retarded, and I ended up stomping it into like a little pile of dust out on the sidewalk, just like crushed it up. Uh, Then I eventually did like wood burn her name into some like piece of wood, and like I wrote this letter with it. I don't know what the fucking letter said, bro. I It was like... I'm dying inside just remembering that this letter was even written before in the past. But I put the fucking Woodbird thing and the letter in their, like, family mailbox at church. You know, you have the little cubbies oh, of yeah. a mailbox where you get stuff. So I just, like, slid it in there. <laughs> fucking never heard anything about it ever. Oh. But oh my god, bro. That's like, there's not really that many, like, things I look back that I'm embarrassed by. Even though I've done a lot of stupid shit in my life, you know, most of it's like, well, you know, you live and you learn. But that's one of those ones where I'm like, God, I wish I could have just not done that, you know? Yeah. But, hey. Well, if I had lived closer and you had done that for me, I would have been all over that. Yeah, that well, so cute. You, know, you were too far away, man. Uh, yeah. I feel like this next caller is uh, too far away. Molars. Hope everybody's doing great. I know I am. Fantastic show tonight. First time I ever hit an on. <laughs> I can't even say it. The first time I ever hit on anybody was uh, when I asked you what you're doing later. Bye. Well, I'm glad you started a new trend. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you get this stick way at the end there. Oh, my God. I don't know how you still manages to get me on this stick. Stick. It's good to get me in the stick. Oh, Fletcher. You don't yeah. live too far away. Of course we're doing great. And of course you're doing great. And of course all of us later? doing great. What are we doing later? Post show Halloween haunts. Halloween haunts will be on the post show. That's right. Some bone zone crossovers. Uh, blowing the dust off the old haunted uh, playlist. That'll be a good one. Halloween haunts, I think I called it. And here's another Halloween haunt. Sliding into our voicemail. Lorian. Just kidding. Spencer. Turn in, coming in. Hey, how's it going? Hey, you know how it's going. Well, that's good. Yeah. Well, that's great. Carolyn, thank you, darling. Oh, this is just a, this is one of these uh, Miller High Life, you know. Oh, I've got a Miller Jeez. High Life. cold, you know, you want to have cold beer. Yeah, I wish you mine know. was colder, but I'm still drinking it. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. My first time ever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, first time I ever I ever hit on someone. Oh. Now, I probably hit on 
more guys without even actually knowing it or yeah that probably happens more because <laughs> i was trying to think of when the first time i ever did that i think the first time i ever actually tried to do that was at a semi what is called a semi-formal semi-formal oh, yeah. and it was at this banquet hall and this is at another and that was my school and another school and then this I, I like this guy, and it was it was just a grade eight, right? So okay, and then and then I thought it, it's like it's like Carolyn, you know, he has a he has a girlfriend. Uh-oh. How could you? How could you want to be be on a date with him? You know, and then I was like, you know what? He's also in grade eight. He's too young for me, and also. he's in another school. Rough. She'd be looking at it at that. Yep. I mean, has another girl. He has a girlfriend. He's at another school. Yeah. I'd have to go to another school. Anyway, that's how I dealt with that. Yeah. Well, I love you guys. Hey, we love we you love too. We love you. You have a great show. In the bowl to all in the chat room. Oh, in the bowl to the chat. Shout outs to the chat. In the bowl, Carolyn. Thanks for calling. Yeah, we never called ours semi formal either. We had semis. We called it winter sports dance. Which was probably one of your semi-formals, something yep. like that. We had homecoming. Homecoming, yep. What, you, did you call that a we semi-formal? We called that homecoming. We called a ho- yeah, homecoming. But I think they were all semi-formals. And then there was a... Sp- I want to say there was something in the spring, too. Now I don't even remember. St. Patrick's Day, maybe. <laughs> no, I don't fuck, nah. I don't know. Maybe there was only two. Maybe it was just prom and winter sports dance. Semis. We threw that term around in middle school. Semis. Oh, my God. Who are you taking to the semi? Nope, never. No uh, one. We never Myself, used that. My friends. We never used that phrase, semi-formal. Just like who you asking to win your sports? Win your sports. Who you gonna? No. Who you gonna uh, get to tell you no to go and win your sports? Ah, middle school dances. Yeah, never again. <laughs> what a bad idea! Yeah. Terrible. I like dancing around, but that's about the only part of it that I enjoy. Uh, all the other aspects of it really suck. Having your heart and soul stomped on is just. Uh, you know, I just, on any given day, I'd rather listen to a voicemail from this next caller. Oh, good hit. Oh. <laughs> uh, this is way too late to be calling in, but oh, first you, time I ever hit it. on somebody, <clears throat> I was in high school. Nice. First week, freshman year. And there was this cute girl, and uh, for 14, she was a little developed, and she was wearing a... Um, Batman shirt. Nice. She's the Batman logo on her chest. And I this is the first week of school. I walked right up to her and I said, uh, I look I looked at her. I basically like looked right at her and I was like, I like your shirt. Nice. But I made it I made it like obviously like I'm looking at your boobs. But I was like, man, I really like your shirt. And she thought that was hilarious. And that was my high school girlfriend. We Shwing. dated for about three years after that. Nice. And uh yeah, I guess sometimes things work out. No doubt. Um that's the first time I hit on somebody. It's not the best time I hit on somebody. I, I got some. I got some fun stories yeah. about some some crazy pulls that I played in my day. <laughs> I don't know how it happened, but maybe that's for a different time. Uh, in the bowl, my friends. In the bowl. In the bowl. I'd expect nothing less. Le- <laughs> fucking <laughs> Jesus. Nothing less. I would expect nothing less from lavish. Could be a lavish. Than uh, having some epic scores. I'm having some epic mic buzz, bro. It's like things yeah. are happening. There's a cricket. 
The mic is humming. It's spooky season. It's being a, there's a tad spiritual energy. It's coming all of a sudden. This whole thing is very, very spooky. I'm getting tickled. Spoopy in the bowl. <laughs> getting tickled in the bowl. <coughs> I'm gonna tickle this next caller for calling back. Oh, uh, do you uh, do you want to go to dance with me and uh, like dance to the cranberries? That's that's our song now. <laughs> I think I love you. Uh, not the cranberries. What about Savage Garden? Oh, okay, man. bye. Leave a note in my locker, please. One winter sports, I landed like a girl who was like a grade younger than me, but also like out of my league. So it was like there was a little trade off there, you know. <laughs> but when we, when my parents picked me up, first of all, when we were taking pictures. Like, I did the smile, and I was so fucking nervous. My, my smile was just fucking shaking, vibrating. <laughs> I was just about to shit my pants. It was just so bad. It was just, like, so bad at these, like, expected romantic moments or whatever. This, like, high school try-hard thing, you know? So bad at it. And so nervous I was going to fuck it up, that I was fucking it up the whole time. And <laughs> my dad picked me up in the fucking blue minivan, and he had... Jim Croce's greatest hits playing, and I was just like, "Oh my god, it's like too much," you know. <laughs> yeah. He's like, "Oh, I'm just you know trying to set the mood, trying to help you out," you know. Like my dad was just trying to help a brother out, but I was just like, "Man, this is too much." Too dude. romantic, too it, romantic. Weird, man. <laughs> Abort mission, dude. I have an ISO for fifteen. This. You have an ISO. She's so close to me. Oh, <laughs> that's how you felt. I think I got taking it. the pictures. That's exactly how I felt. <laughs> Oh my god. And then when I got in the van, uh, I felt like, uh... My old man is a scumbag. Yeah. <laughs> 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 yeah. Mm, not really, but... No, not at all, not at all. No. We love you, Pop. <laughs> too romantic, you're too good, it's too just, good yeah. for this high school moment. Oh my god, yeah. It's tough, man. I never had a high school sweetheart. Just... I dreamed that someone would transfer and I'd it would all work out. At least eighty percent of all the times I wanted to die before I was eighteen involved fucking school dances, bro. Oh man, the worst, the absolute worst. Well, you know that's the end of the voicemail line, so that leaves us only one thing left to do. Come up with a new first time I ever. Let's go bowling. Ah oh, shit! No. no, you're right. Oh, bowling too. I Two just things to do. Wanted to get down to the alley, man. I'm feeling. I all, know. Uh, I love bowling. Gotta, I can't wait. Gotta rip some balls here down the lane no no you're absolutely right we have a few first time i ever's well um, it's spooky season can we do something like first time i ever picked a pumpkin or apples or went picked the pumpkin to an orchard <laughs> well, yeah, we <laughs> or carved that. a pumpkin first time i ever carved a pumpkin first time i ever carved a pumpkin like what did you carve out of it maybe yeah uh, what's about the story your first yeah what's the story did you cut your thumb did you uh yeah, how was your pumpkin carving guts. experience? All right, I like, like that. First time I ever carved a pumpkin. That motherfucking cricket's back. <laughs> I heard. Quick, quick, let's go. Yeah, fuck it, dude. Let's go bowling. Let's go bowling. <laughs> we gonna get so, away from this bastard. <laughs> did you see that Britney Spears' dad stepped down from the conservatorship that was going on? No, but I, well, I, I have heard a lot of noise about this whole conservatorship. Like, it's... Uh, 
they're doing documentaries and exposés and all this bullshit. Everyone's like talking never, and tweeting about it. Never mind that. Never mind that. The first thing Britney did after he stepped down was post 33 nudes. Oh, wow. How have I not seen this? Yeah, she has little flower emojis over her bits, but you know, 33 of them. Oh, that doesn't Photos count. and videos on the gram. What? Oh, okay, that's cool. Yeah. High yeah, time. Yeah. Be free, get naked. You're not the only one that gets to see this, daddy. <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah. Uh, and then the other news I heard right after the last bowl, last Token Tuesday, was that uh, Matt and Trey saved the Casa Bonita. Oh, yeah, you were telling me For $3.1 million. So, you know, I revisited some good, good old South Park. We're gonna be there very soon. You're gonna love Casa Bonita, Stan. There's, there's this one part where you can dress up in old Western clothes and get your photo taken in a fake jail. Really? Yeah, it's pretty cool. <laughs> pretty cool. So, um, should we go to Blackbird's Cave first or watch the puppet show? I think we should go through Blackbird's Cave right away because we're gonna want to do it seven or eight times. And then we'll watch the Cliff Divers before the puppet show. Dude, it's Kyle's birthday. We should do whatever he wants to do. What? Fuck Kyle. <laughs> Now, I've never been to Casa Bonita, but my expectations are set, and they are high. No doubt. I want to watch the Cliff Divers, for sure. Yeah, but right away we should go through Black Bart's Cave, because we're going to want to do that like <laughs> seven or eight times. <laughs> I don't doubt it. I don't doubt it. And then we go, oh my god, wow, cool, cool, Bonita, Yeah, and hopefully the cops don't show up. Right. <laughs> do you remember last episode, uh, we talked about... A new record for a catfish that was caught in Connecticut. I do remember. Well, I have an update to that story. Oh, joy. The catfish was not able to be verified because it was eaten and thus cannot qualify for oh, the record. Damn. Yeah. Now, I am frustrated here with the Department of Energy and Environmental Protection that prematurely announced the record. If you have to verify it by sending some jamokes out there to see the fish with your own eyes and weigh it on your own scale and whatever, vet to make sure it's a white catfish and not a channel cat, you should have done that right. before you sent out the, you know, the note to the journos, the press release, and said, hey, here's a story. Because now this guy who may have very well broken the world record for this catch, just has to, you know, not get it verified. Not be the record holder. Yeah, because of ain't right, man. Them, you know, and maybe they shouldn't have to say, don't eat it before we see it. But maybe they didn't even say we have to see it first, you know? Well, I'm just saying, if I get a big-ass catfish, it's not going to be that long for I'm eating the goddamn thing. Right. You, know? like, you just want to waste it? Disrespectful. I, mean, I guess you can throw it in the deep freeze, but then... Oh, no. This m guy, he shared it with his grandpa the next yeah. day. Yeah, you're going to be eating that That's cat pretty do. quick, man. So, of course. Of course what you do, man. Since the authorities couldn't <coughs> vet the species, uh, and they said the images and videos were ambiguous and inconclusive, uh, here we are. The world record for white catfish stands at 19... Point three pounds in 2005 in California. This catfish the dude caught was 21.3 pounds. Huge. Huge. 
So, well, for shame. Yeah, we all know who the rightful victor is. We know. We that know. dude and his grandpa. Sometimes karma comes around in uh, strange forms. Uh oh. Like flea infestations. Oh no. Yeah, there's a major flea infestation shutting two Oakland schools down. I'm telling you, man. I'd rather have full-on rats, dude. I don't know, man. Having three dogs, I've had my experience with fleas. Yeah. And I have successfully eliminated two pretty all-out infestations where it was crazy. Where you put a nightlight on with a frisbee or a dish, a low dish of soapy water underneath it. And the thing is just covered in fleas. Yeah. In an hour or so, you know? So... Oh, and they bite your fucking ankles. It's just the worst. They're disgusting. Just the worst, man. An absolute plague. Yeah, when they were plaguing uh, out, they were shutting down, like, all the public buildings in our neighborhood yeah. and everything, you know? It was like, it wasn't just localized to the three dogs. No, it wasn't our three around. dogs. It was our neighborhood. It was the entire, it was that, that square mile. It's alarming how these things happen. Yeah, there were a lot of possum in that neighborhood, too. A lot. Uh and not enough they're, BB guns. They're saying this infestation was likely caused by raccoons in the area. Sure, blame the raccoons, why don't you? But um, they're closing so that these exterminators can remove all the carpets and go to work. But the exterminators have said, don't expect this issue to be entirely resolved come next week when you return. And I'm just saying... <laughs> oh, God. You're fucked. Hiring an exterminator at this point is right. just a waste. You just have to be proactive and start kicking some ass, and everyone has to be on board. And there's so many different ways to attack it. Yourself, you know, I already mentioned the nightlight with the soapy water. Well, yeah, you jump gotta, right in there. You got a vacuum and trap and powder and vacuum and food trap grade and diatomaceous earth on the carpets yeah. between vacuumings. Baking soda, salt, any of those things. Lemon spray, everything. That should be no problem since they're all scared of catching the coof. They gotta clean it all anyways. Make sure it's lemon scented, whatever whatever you're cleaning with. You know, get some plants in there like lavender. Lavender really kicked their ass. I just put lavender in every corner of. The house. They hate it. It's they don't weird. like the smell of lavender, citronella, oh. eucalyptus, peppermint, tea tree, rosemary. There's plenty of options. Mm-hmm. And they're fine for kids, you know, not spraying chemicals and shit all around. But what do I know? What do I know? <laughs> I mean, they're school. They got money. They yeah. have to spend the money they have, so. Yeah, milk the budget. Yeah. We'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. A cosplayer was charged with manslaughter. As the story goes... Um, she was, she's from Texas, watching Gotham, I believe, with some friends, and they were drinking. Um, I guess her ex-boyfriend had dropped off his gun, and she assumed that the bullets and magazine had been removed. Now, that seems like, uh, you know, kind of a stretch to assume and not know that. Yeah. If there's no mag. Okay. But anyway... You'd have to literally know nothing about guns. They were just watching Just possible. Just hanging out. Yeah, it's totally possible. What she... What prompted her to bring the gun out was she said, Oh, I have a gun that looks just like the penguins. And she showed her friend. And then her friend jokingly was like, Oh, shoot me. So she put the gun against her forehead and pulled the trigger. And killed this college freshman. Oh, my God. Then saying... 
They didn't expect the gun to be loaded. That's what she said when all was said and done. And uh, she was released on a $20,000 bond and is still cosplaying away with lots of like lots of bloody cosplays. Uh, Her name has a yandere in it, which is like a female character who's violently possessive of their love interest. Oh, geez. Um, Her TikTok account says Tamura is God. And I was like, oh, that name sounds familiar. Yeah, it's the villain in My Hero Academia. Oh. And just a lot of a lot of red flags here. So she's a creep. I was like, wow. That's what you're trying to tell me. Yeah, creepy. It's spooky season. No doubt. There's a lot of spooky cosplayers, that's for sure. But boy, I was just like, wow. That I saw that this character is real creepy, too. Tamura, he's covered in the hands of his dead family members. Right. He has a... His father's hand over his face. So you just see his one red eye. So spooky. Some spooky shit, man. So we'll see what happens with that. We'll see what happens with that. I mean, I think it's... You're kind of fucked if uh, you pulled the trigger and, you know, didn't... It's manslaughter talked, at least, right? Yeah. That's what she's being charged with. But yeah. you talked to the cops. You didn't get a lawyer. You already told them what happened. You know what I mean? It's just... I didn't know the gun was loaded, and yes. I'm so sorry, my friend. But bears will notice if you are loaded, because <laughs> a bear in Tennessee stole a 33-pound package off of a lady's porch. Oh, man. I thought, this lady must be getting snacks from Amazon, you know, getting her munchies delivered straight to her door. No! It was pond chemicals. Oh, shit. In plastic bottles. What does this bear need pond chemicals for? What are you doing, bear? Exercising? He's just doing his part, man. Doing his part to keep the pond clean. Yeah. He shits in that pond, you know? He wants it nice and clean. Yeah. Balance the pH. Yeah. Doesn't have one of them little blue t- tabs he can put at the bottom of it. So. Yeah, that's true. Gotta get them chemicals going. <laughs> Gotta clean it up. A freak winemaking accident in Italy killed four men recently. They have an annual tradition of making wine with their family, um, and it they drink it with meals over the entire next year. So they were transferring wine from the fermentation container into smaller personal-use barrels for everyone to take home. Yeah. And so authorities aren't exactly clear on how the events played out, um, but... They all collapsed on the cellar floor where they were fermenting the grapes. And it seems they all suffocated due to carbon dioxide fumes, which are emanating from the fermentation vat. That sucks. Yeah, I guess the space wasn't sufficiently ventilated. Um, And so it was just like, it sounds like it was one after another going down there to stir the vat and then passing out and someone being like oh shit i think i just heard someone fall and going down there and then them collapsing because there was a woman that went down there after them and she also collapsed but she was able to be resuscitated oh shit no bueno yeah that's too bad yeah highly concentrated co2 i guess going on there just a trap that people keep walking into that's rough man yeah it's sad especially when it's a family tradition and you've done it every year yeah. For your entire life, and then all of a sudden, this one time... To a bad batch or something. It kills you. I don't know. Always doing well ventilated area, man. Never know what could go wrong. You never know. They could have even been wearing their face masks and gloves. 
with sanitized hands. They could still got him. And a missing Turkish man got himself when he joined his own search party. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. Yeah. Story goes he got drunk with his friends and decided to wander into the woods for a while. (laughs) And when he didn't return right back to where they were, they panicked and uh, reported him as missing. So volunteers gathered together for a search party. And he saw the search party and was like, oh, I'm just hanging out in the woods, you know, maybe a day or two later. Like, I'll help you look for whoever's missing. Until he heard the other volunteers shouting his name when he was like, I'm right here. I'm here. I'm right here. Uh, so then he got a ride home from the police and all's well. That ends well. I'm hammered. <laughs> nice. Yes. It was a great story. Hey, at least he found him. He found him. <laughs> a ghost town has resurfaced at Utah's Rockport Reservoir after... Uh, a drought that they're experiencing. Nice. I guess the first settlers came to the area in 1860, and about 27 families settled there, about 200 people in total. Um, and they lived there up until 1957, when the federal government came in and announced their plans to build a dam, which now impounds Rockport Lake. So a drone pilot was able to fly over and take some photos of the roads and homes that are now exposed that's cool yeah it's neat good little spoopy picture action yeah i thought it was kind of weird they didn't bulldoze things before damming the place but yeah they don't typically do that they just let the stuff get washed away it's a neat treasure under the water for others to find later and wonder about yeah there's a lot of that kind of thing at the ozarks like the ozarks oh yeah yep just under there somewhere so much under the water we don't know about waiting watching (laughs) and my last story for the lanes tonight is about a french cop who identified himself as a serial killer in his suicide note whoa yes i guess he carried out killings between 1983 and 1994 in paris he was known as the pockmarked man because women who survived being tortured and raped by him uh described him as someone with pretty bad pockmarks from acne. So, some DNA breakthroughs recently led the police to suspect him, and he was summoned to court to provide a DNA test, but he didn't show. (laughs) He ran away. (laughs) And officers had to go find him. They found his dead body instead, after he, quote, swallowed a fatal dose of medicine. Ah. Unspecified medicine, of course. Um... But his most famous murder was of an 11-year-old girl on her way to school who he raped, strangled, and stabbed. Um, the three other murders, two were gruesomely tortured. And then there were six rapes who described him all the same as the pockmarked man and told the police that he identified himself as a policeman. Oh, jeez. Yeah. But they didn't think to even do an investigation or take it seriously. No, you no. Know? Why would you? These these girls are making it up. They're just, it's hysterical. Yes, hysterics. They don't know what they're talking about. Or he's just, you know, trying he's to just, frame you, police yeah. in a bad light. He's just yeah, saying that. Now they know. To get them to comply. Now they know and won't see justice because he died a free man. Well, but he's dead. He is dead. That is the one uh, bright shining star, I guess, at the end of the lanes. Guy's dead. Couldn't live with the guilt. 
carrying on those murders so long ago. No doubt. Well, damn, we're almost dead. It's been almost three hours. It's been we're a good one. Late. It's been a good Token Tuesday. Alert the affiliates. Things are dragging on long. I blame the cricket. Actually, I just blame a good time. <laughs> Let's be honest. That's how it goes here in the bowl. Well, thanks for hanging out. And uh, we'll catch you a week from today. Lorian's birthday. I'll be getting spooky from the East Coast. But until then, hey, I'll be Sir Spencer Wolf of Kansas City. I've been Dame DeLorean. And until next week, may your bowls burn ever brighter. Bowl after bowl till he's sick. Bowl after bowl. Bowl after bowl. Bowl, 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 bowl after bowl.com. You're listening to the only podcast in the universe where clothing is optional, but pot is not. Sir Spencer and Dame DeLorean. Bowl after bowl. Bowl after bowl. May your bowls burn ever.